No. Sideburns? No. Goatee? Maybe. Beard? Beard!
let's uh, let's fade the music as I was doing there, and let's uh, say hello. Good evening, from hello. Uh, good evening. Hello. Good evening. Uh, can everybody hear? Just test one, two, three. I can hear both of you. I can hear. All right, uh, Mr. Mountaineer. Yeah, I hear. I hear. Episode seven. Episode seven. Seven, seven deadly sins. <laughs> seven ways to win. He doesn't actually pronounce and the seven H. words that you can't say on TV. Hey. Oh wait. Uh, what? What are they again? Oh yeah. Shit. Shit piss. piss, piss fuck, fuck. Fuck. Cunt. cunt cocksucker. cocksucker motherfucker. Tits. And tits. One, two, three, four. Shit. Piss, 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 fuck, fuck cunt, cunt, cocksucker, cocksucker motherfucker, motherfucker and tits. tits. All right. I mean, these are the seven words, right? Uh, George Carlin got arrested for these fucking things. Yeah. Yeah. Unfucking believable. Yeah. Seriously, in a country that professed a belief in the freedom of speech. Yeah. In yeah. the past tense. And at a uh, a place where people voluntarily bought tickets. Uh, to go and see him perform along with a bunch of other people. It was at uh, Summerfest in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, I'm familiar with that because I, I went to many a Summerfest. Uh, it still claims to be the largest music festival on earth uh, every year. Uh, I believe in duration and just number of people that come and go. And I think it's a two-week affair now. So anyway, George Carlin back in, I don't know, 72, 74 maybe? Somewhere in there. Uh, he is uh, the comedian, a comedian, headlining comedian at Summerfest. And uh, he does the seven words bit, right? And somebody called the cops and like they showed up and like, yeah. Wow. You know, and like that to me just says that even in 1974, government was tyrannical beyond belief when it becomes, when it comes to freedom of speech. Right, one of the oh, absolutely. I think we all agree that one of the reasons we're doing this particular show, Beard Talk Live, is because it's fucking uncensored. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, if if you if you don't want what you're fucking paying for, then what do you want? I mean, the one thing I can tell you about the things that I knowingly pay for, yeah, you know, knowingly and willingly, unlike say, you know, all the taxation, I like them—the things that I put money toward. Duh! Like I accept them. I I know that this is what this is, and I go with it. So if I'm gonna buy tickets to George Carlin, right, and he says the seven words, I'm gonna not call the cops. Yeah, I. It's just no. it's choice. Stop stop sucking my dick, or I'll call the police. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really. How he it is works. very likely the first person to put that entire sentence together. Yeah. Uh, in case you're wondering who you're listening to, uh, I'm the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining you, Peakless Mountaineer and nobody. And uh, true to the name of Beard Talk Live, uh, we are all bearded gentlemen. Some of us, it's true. Some of us may be less gentle than others, but you know it's hard to tell. Maybe on given days, who knows? Hmm. We are uh, debuting our well, our fresh new logo. That's right. We spent money. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta like that. By we, I mean me. I spent money. And it, it wasn't expensive, but it looks pretty cool. I like it. World premiere of the logo. It only took us seven episodes to, <laughs> you know, get something that actually 
uh, you know, was, was good branding at least for the show. Something we can use on on the thumbnail, right? I've been. Uh, whenever the show is done, we use a, a thumbnail to indicate that it's Beard Talk Live. So there's a little image that's different. And it occurred to me that uh, we should probably have something there. And I'm not a graphic artist by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I'm fortunate that I can do some audio work. But so I, I just went on Fiverr, man. I hired a guy. I'm like, dude, can you do a thing? And he's like, sure. And he gave me a couple of proofs that sucked. And I'm like, no, dude, those suck, man. Can you make them more kick ass? And I'm paraphrasing. But like, he was like, sure. And then he did. And this is what we have. So. Well, I think that's the future. So kicking ass. Well, the the gig economy. I mean, it it catches a lot of flack, but I think the I think the future of our economy will be a sort of custom to order like immediate thing. I mean, as automation takes off, all of the boring shit is going to get done for us. And that only leaves things that it actually takes a creative brain to do. Or that it takes a human touch to do. And those are the things that you really can order just piecemeal. Nobody? Yeah, it seems like a, uh, seems reasonable. You know, it's, uh, there, there need to be better ways to, uh, to get paid in the, in the gig economy is, is the only issue. Well, well, and when we are all rich enough, I look forward to seeing the day where we say, pay someone to come in and tell our kids a, a, a story. Like, you know, just random things that occur to us that need a human touch. And we are all wealthy enough to afford a, an actual human being to do those things for us, which mm -hmm. is exactly what we're going to get when the cryptocurrency takes over the economy. <laughs> I'm being somewhat censored here. Okay, there you are. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, our crack team of producers are producing. I think they're producing crack. Uh, well, no, they're not that. No, crack. They're not team, that productive at the moment. Crack team of producers, not team <laughs> of crack producers. <laughs> mm. I don't. I, I only have the. Former. Sorry, I was a little bit word lexic there. I only have the former, not the latter. Apparently. We, uh, it looks like, I mean, episode seven, it looks like there's two fucking callers on hold right now. Wow. Yeah. And I saw, like, wow. at first it was line one that lit up, but then line two lit up. And then line one went away. And then line one lit up again. So I'm like, do, does that mean I take line two? Or does that mean I take line one? You know, like, how do I make that decision now? They've, they're both sort of equally new. Right, I would take line one if line one had just stayed there, but line one went away, and so now I'm like, oh, I should move to line two because it's next in line. But I'm not sure if I want to move to line two because line one also lit up again. Is that a new caller? Or is that the same guy calling back? Well, well I'd do something if I were you. <sighs> All right, I'm just gonna <laughs> close my eyes and go. Beard talk live. Who the fuck is this? I am the mother you I am the one your mother warned you about. My, what if what if my mom never warned me about anything? He's the mother I one warned me about? Maybe I am your father. Luke, I am your father? What? It's no! That's impossible. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm twelve years older than you, you son of a bitch. I might could be. 
Star Wars had Luke kissing his sister. <laughs> yeah no that that goes to show exactly how much they changed the entire storyline so like han solo wasn't even supposed to be a character in that fucking thing like he he was just this com this complete outsider but he was so beloved by everyone that watched it that they had to write him in so like the original version they weren't brother and sister they weren't twins and he was, you know, the great hero that's supposed to end up with the princess at the end. But I don't know, but with a name like Han Solo, do you think his <laughs> alter ego might have been Ivan Wackenoff? No, he just, it, yeah, I mean, that that's his name in a in an alternate Russian timeline. Hmm. There's, uh, oh, there's so many things we might could speak of. Captain, did you ever watch the movie I recommended to you in the heart of the sea? Uh, nope. Damn it. Boy, do your homework. I haven't. You know to, what it means to be stuffed in a whale's head. To be Why fair. You battle man and beast in a 20-foot boat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Serious repercussions. To be fair to me, I haven't watched any movies since the episode six last week. Of this very show. Beard, and for the record, line. homework is a scam. It's true. Well, Have you ever seen uh, Luke's up. change? Luke's change? <laughs> Luke, I am your change. Is that the one yes. where like the stormtroopers stand around and talk about uh, the Death Star like it's 9-11? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and basically the only, the only survivor of the Death Star turns out to be the father of the man who blew it up. <laughs> and a passport. Okay. Yes, and they also did find a uh, a Saudi Arabian passport. Right, and aren't they like, come on, dude, he took one shot, it went and it turned a 90-degree angle, it went right exactly where it was supposed to go? Come on, man, that's unbelievable. I, I do remember that part. <laughs> yeah. Rick the yeah, J-Rabbit. That was an old cartoon from back in the day. Oh, my God. That, that is my hands-down favorite cartoon when I was a kid. Your hands down, not your hands solo. <laughs> no. Okay. You, remember, you, you remember El Cabong? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. remember King Bong. All I have to tell you is, bing, bing, bing. Ricochet no, no, El Rabbit. El Cabong hmm? was, uh, oh, Jesus, what was it? There was a horse and a little oh, yeah. chihuahua. And El Cabong was Cabong. His, uh, alter ego like um, violence, he, but he not was deadly violence. He would smash the guitar and stuff. Hmm. Do you not remember El Cabong? El Cabong. He was a uh, an anthropomorphic horse. It sounds like a bong made of elk. El Cabong. Mm. Hey man, are we gonna smoke out of like you know Johnny Smokes tonight? No man, we're gonna use El Cabong. <laughs> nice. That's what it sounds like. You're, you're smoking too much Elka dust. The best pipe I ever Does smoked. Elk get you high? A big old elk horn. Oh, I, I don't know. I've never smoked elk, although it sounds delicious. Smoked elk is delicious. Yeah. <clears throat> I've had many. Oh, smoked, smoked anything is delicious. It's true. Yeah. Smoked cheese, man. It's so good. Mm. And I'm not just talking about Gouda. I'm talking about like any cheese, really, man. You guys were off on that tampon thing. I remember one day back in we were Playboy, off on a tampon. Like Nineteen seventy-eight Playboy. Oh, there what do you a, do? What do you do a, when a your stay-free maxi pad catches on fire? 
you tampon it. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like the old <laughs> okay, dog dude. That was bad. Put your paper bag. But anyway, there, there's a drunken vampire staggering out, staggering out of an alley, and the scene before it is a drunkard mm-hmm. staggering into the alley. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's another one about two vampires fighting over the tampon from a drunken woman. It was there, oh, there, God. There was stupid shit went on back in the day, but uh, you know, still goes on. Thunder reported, though. Yeah, the world's not getting any smarter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let us tampex all the fire. So, weirdly enough, while the world isn't getting smarter, everyone's getting better at IQ tests. Really? Well, that's because they've lowered the standards, Doug. No, no, it (laughs) is not. It it is not because they lowered the standards. No, that's the thing. You actually have to adjust the standards on a regular basis in order to keep 100 at the dead center. So as people's uh, scores change, you have to adjust the test itself. But isn't it like, I feel like alert, isn't it true that like in the 1800s, children's reading level was at like, you know, uh, you know, senior in college level by the time they were in, you know, 10th grade? Yeah. So, oh yeah. The, so the, how did that occur? The reading if, level that existed is if, is something that almost no one no one has today. Right. So so in my opinion, I feel like people are getting dumber. Think it's pretty okay, so obvious. What's the definition of history. I I agree. You know I like to dabble in Latin. I, I want to hear what you guys got to tell me on that one. Right. I will tell you on what one. History. What is the Latin definition of history? Oh, I don't know. I don't speak Latin. I speak Igpe Atenle, but that doesn't out K. Oh, well, pig ass myself. Igpe ass ye, I may else say. All right, his, him, he. That's uh, his story. You got to take this. Are you, are you saying that's is actually what the Latin word history word? is? Oh, I don't know. Is his you a Latin have word? have to take this into the context of the time it Nobody was would written. know. That sounds Which like English about to me. 2,000 years ago. They're talking about Jesus, his story. Not oh, Christ. His <laughs> story, something that can be told and built upon. Well, Simple. I will point this when out. Break it down hey, right Captain, quick. what year is it? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the calendar's claim it's, it's 2022. It's 1778. Uh, we're going to go to Nantucket and kill a fucking whale, you asshole. <laughs> okay. No, I, I mean I don't honestly, know why, why? people not here. I don't know why. I've, I've. It's always just been taught to me that time is linear, and we could track of it by using things like clocks and calendars. But why 2022? What happened 2,022 years ago? Oh right, zero. Where's year zero? What happened then? Well, no. This is the no, thing. No, I'm asking you. I don't know. It throughout recorded history, uh, we have kept track of time by whose reign it is. So when you would right. talk about events, it would be like the 431st uh, reign of this dynasty or of this person. Slayer's uh, been reigning in blood since 1982 yeah. because that's when they first released Reign in Blood. I get it, yeah. Yeah, so in the 40th year of the reign of Slayer. Nice. Yeah. So mm. to be fair. It's a pretty long reign. There is this weird sort of subconscious agreement of the reign of Jesus. At least as a useful fiction, if nothing else. For some sort of a... Mar- so, uh, an historical fiction 
is some sort of a marker for a tool that basically all of humanity uses. Well, let, let, let me let me run this one by you, boys. The uh, the shot here, the Fauci Ouchie. If you tie that into the Book of Revelation, that might well be perceived as the mark of the beast. I have it on pretty good information from people a lot smarter than me that everybody who took the poke is going to be dead in like ten years. Man, I I saw and, uh, I saw somebody online with, with today. On it was like got cells, my fifth one, and it was like, anybody know where I can get this particular variety of the fifth one? Sorry, sorry, Major, go ahead. No, well, I mean, you think about it. There was the harpoon. Uh, remember sickle cell anemia, the boomerang-shaped blood cells that attacked the uh, black population back in the '80s. All they did was they put a spiked head on on. A thing that caused a log jam in the blood system. Hence the name sickle cell. I mean, cell. there shouldn't be 20-something-year-old athletes just dropping dead. Yeah. My brother-in-law dropped dead. Yeah, right I mean. on the living room floor, face down, felt like a piece of firewood. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear it, man. But yeah, the, well, the yeah. occurrence of, of myocarditis in six-year-olds? Come on. That's, that's not a thing. Yeah, no, like, the, well, okay, the most innocent version of, like, what this looks like to me is they're trying to literally replace our immune system and say, okay, you will have to purchase an upgrade from us for every uh, disease. Some of the first things that were written about it was this this method that they're using, that's why it wasn't called a vaccine, this method that they're using uh, is comparable to an operating system. To an operating system, this is the quote from like, you know, the scientists who created this thing, this mRNA, right? Yes, this is a platform. It is an operating system on which many other things can run or be run. And that to me was the scariest fucking thing I have like medically heard that like, oh, they're injecting people with what could be an operating system? Fuck you. I I honestly see this as a potential split in the human species. Seriously, because if they are if they are if they're really... fucking with the biology of the people who have this platform in, injected in them, then that can very quickly turn into not human. Whereas yeah. the people who, you know, don't breed with the ones who've gotten injected don't have that platform there. Because they've proven that at least the uh, at Major, least the Major, spike proteins uh, can be transmitted through uh, through breast milk. So I mean, the, this platform is getting transmitted. Major, don't go anywhere. Stay right there. Pre- I, I don't know that it's clear. They've found the the spike proteins in breast milk. I don't know if they've found it in, for example, nursing infants. That's that's another step, and well, I don't know if it's question. taken that step. Uh, Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Uh, this is Jack. How are you? Jack and Ocean Shores, if I remember correctly. Okay, so I, I have uh, worked with polling in the past and politics and small government. So I have a question. It's a, You can't go deep into it or give a political response. It's a question. You have a five-year-old child, boy or girl, or whatever it wants to call itself. Who would you rather babysit the child? Joe Biden or Donald Trump? 
and be honest. No, Donald Trump. Sadly, yeah. Yeah, I, I've seen Biden sniff way too many people. Yeah, I would. I would not want Biden sniffing my kid. He's uh, he's he's a creepy mother. Yeah, and these are all monsters. Yeah, but monsters are different. I mean, the mummy yeah. is not Frankenstein. Right. Frankenstein is not a vampire. Well, Frankenstein isn't actually the monster. Frankenstein's the the doctor. The yeah. monster. Frankenstein is, monster. is a style of monster now. So you are you can now be a Frankenstein. Okay, but and it's just a style it was of Dr. monster. Dr. Frankenstein, the monster was never named in the movie. That's true. Although I would say that Dr. Frankenstein was the real monster. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. no, you don't go no, fucking absolutely. with nature yeah, like this. What are you, Dr. Fauci? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Fauchenstein. Fauchenstein. Happy Halloween, everyone. Fauchenstein. That is, that is my gift. He's the one digging up dead bodies and bringing different parts together and making monsters. And that is so crazy. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I really liked the Frankenstein from the book because uh, the Frankenstein in the book. He looked horrific, of course, because he'd been stitched together from corpses, but he was intelligent and he was uh, uh, well-spoken. And the, uh, you know, he was, to me, it was a man able to, created imperfect, able to create, face his creator and say, why the hell did you do this to me? Yeah. And uh, he's immortal. So there's that allegedly. Wrinkle. I mean, well, no, no, no. That was that was a, a huge part of like what the the terror of that horror novel was about in the, in the book. You're yeah, saying, yeah, is that by creating something that doesn't die, you have set it so apart from all that is natural and all that humanity is that he, you know, spoiler alert, uh, that he literally goes to live. At the North Pole. Can I bring up one person's name right now? I don't know. Can you? Yeah. Gene Wilder. Oh, comedian. I miss him. Young Frankenstein. I miss him. Yep, yep. And Young Frankenstein was hilarious. Mac Davis. (laughs) (laughs) Google the eyes. (laughs) Frau Bruja. (laughs) You know, that has got to be one of the only (laughs) Mel Brooks films that you would still be able to make today. Uh, Blazing Saddles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No fucking way you could make Blazing Saddles today. But I do think you could make Young Frankenstein today. Uh, there's a there's a litany of movies I think that like have been ignored. Like Hollywood's all in this like, and they've been for I don't know two three decades now. This remake thing, like they figured out like if they make one hit one, it, it makes money. But like they do a bunch of ones that suck ass before they get one that like is okay. But there's a whole bunch of movies they've been ignoring. Uh, Damnation Alley. Uh, this is a uh, post-apocalypse, uh, probably 1980, I'm thinking, 82 tops. Uh, George Papard, Jan Michael Vincent. Uh, the, the nukes go off and Earth gets knocked off its axis. Uh, a whole bunch of people die and only people who were like underground avoided the uh, radiation survive. Uh, they start coming up from underground as soon as the coast is so-called clear. And uh, these two guys meet up. It's George Papard and Jan Michael Vincent. And they get into this military vehicle that is amphibious, right? So it can do water and on land. And it's got this weird like 
Uh, instead of having uh, wheels like a semi truck would, it had sets of three wheels in a pyramid. And hmm. so when you got a flat, the thing would just, you know, kick over into uh. the next tire. Nice. And so each wheel was actually a triangle of three wheels on this amphibious armored carrier. Anyway, they travel across the country and encounter all sorts of fucking, you know, weird ass mutants and giant cockroaches and, you know, all this kind of shit. And then a, an event takes place that sort of tries to knock the earth back on its axis to correct it all or whatever. This would be a great fucking like Bruckheimer style film or, you know, something like a J.J. Abrams or something like that. Uh, the story is solid, right? And it was just poorly put together and underfunded and super early in film, like before CGI was invented. So the movie itself is cheesy as fuck. <laughs> like it is filmed poorly. Right. But it's still like a professional quality film in that respect, just from its it's dated, right, when you watch it. But, like, Hollywood could easily take that story and make that into a fucking blockbuster spectacular, right? Oh, yeah. And they don't. There's a bazillion of these tiny stories. That, I mean, come that on. Are great that's stories. a Michael Bay movie waiting to happen. There's a ton of these stories that are amazing stories that, with the right special effects, especially just CGI. CGI is so good now. Right, CGI is so good. I'm old, so oh, yeah. I remember like like CGI is so good that they're starting to experiment with making just like people's faces with it, yeah. which is I think a terrible idea because you know Uncanny Valley is a thing. What were we oh, saying? What's that, Jack? Starship Troopers. Starship, oh, Troopers. Starship, Starship Troopers. Troopers. Love that movie. Yeah, would you like to know more? I liked the book a lot better. <laughs> I would love to see what they would do with the special effects of today in that movie. No, I'm doing my part. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> so the the ultimate propaganda film, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because while yeah, it was a war with the bugs and all that kind of stuff, the propaganda was just so snarky and in your face. I love that movie. Yeah, so good. Yeah, it's fun. What are we I talking about? I don't know. Now I'm thinking about Starship Troopers, and also like I'm thinking about that. Ender's Game at the same time, mm. and I'm wondering like. Ender's Did those game. two take place in the same universe? Because they were both like these wars against bugs. Oh. Yeah. Right. And anyway, that's where my head's at. What about, uh, mm, what was it called? S section Demolition something? No, no, no. Uh, area something? Orson Scott. Anyway. It's it's the one with the uh, sort of the Australian guy, but like they fight these cricket looking bugs. Oh, who Mad come... Max. No, not Mad Max. Um oh. Those weren't crickets. Those were people, bro. Something, <laughs> something, something. Nine, area nine, section nine. Oh, oh, plan nine. nine. No, 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 not plan oh, nine. Oh, not plan nine from outer space. No, no, no. Um, alien oh, that landed their plane. Oh, the potion number nine. Uh, no, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to no. look it up. Rick potion number nine. <laughs> <laughs> You've Cronenberg the world. <sighs> hey, buddy, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How you doing? You just noticed I'm here? No, I've known you here the whole time. In fact, I looked for you. No, I was <laughs> actively ignoring you before. No, I didn't. I love him. That's <laughs> why so I'm looking for him. Hmm. Oh, man. Somebody say something. Popcorn, sorry. It's a show, goddammit. It's a talk show. Talk. The fuck? Um, okay. Uh, you Isn't know, there another caller? The uh, no, it's. Uh, well, I don't know if he hung up and called back or. Well, I, all right, Jack, hang on, stay right there. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? 
Oh, dickhead, you done hung up on me twice? You <laughs> ask me who it is. <laughs> I didn't hang up on you at all, actually. You stayed right where you were. Thanks. Uh, you kiss my go to hell anyway. Anyway, Guess my go to hell. Nobody, nobody right. had something he wanted to ask you. Nobody, go ahead, ask Major your question. Bastard that you are. I didn't have anything I wanted to ask him. All right, well then, make something up, maybe. <laughs> if a chicken and a half can lay an egg and a half in a day and a half, how long would it take a grasshopper with a wooden leg to kick all the seeds out of a dill pickle? About as long as it would take a wood chuck to chuck a quarter and a half. Nice. Okay. How much wood would wood chuck if wood chuck could chuck wood? As many peppers as Peter would pick when Peter picked a pack of pickled peppers. You mean that picky people pick Peter Pan peanut butter because it's the peanut butter picky people pick? Why would a man put a wife in a pumpkin? It's a good question. I don't know why. Seems like a strange way to keep her. I don't know either. Well, we're we're coming up on Halloween. Mm. So I'm... Make a, uh, it's not Halloween. It's Halloween. What do hillbilly inbreds and Halloween have in common? What do hillbilly inbreds and Halloween have in common? A whole lot Pumpkin. of ugly. Pumpkin. No, that's what pump southern kin. southern pump southern uh, incest people uh. do for Halloween. They pump kin. Yeah. Yes, sir. And it's an unseedly thing. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty so, much it. So I got a fun fact for you. Uh, Christmas and Halloween are basically the same holiday to two different people. So Christmas. Yeah, the pagans and the Christians, you're corrupt. Well, no, so it, it's the, the farmers and the ranchers. So Halloween is when uh, when the harvest comes in. And you find out how much you've got extra, and you've you know stowed away your uh, your grain. So that's when you know exactly how much you can spend partying, is because you've taken in all your harvest. Well, that's harvest fest, yes. Right now, Christmas, the the midwinter festival, is when you get halfway through the winter. You say, okay, uh, how much food do I have? Because we're halfway through this thing, and how much cattle do I have? And uh, how many extra cattle that I can't feed do I have? Because we're going to slaughter that many and uh, have a feast out of that. And in both cases... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, and in both cases, you have uh, uh, these groups of wanderers that go mostly to rich people's houses and demand part of their stuff or else. Sounds like police. I know, right? But no... Uh, Bring me they some figgy pudding. Bring it right here. Bring it right now. We won't go until we get some. So we bring it right here. We won't go until we get some. We won't go Reverse until we get some. Taxation. So bring it right now. Reverse taxation. I like the concept. Yeah, it's uh, it's trick or treat and caroling. It's the same yeah. tradition. Sounds kind of like UBI. Where does the funding come from? I know, right? Where does the funding come from for something like that? Reverse taxation. Right, because like somebody's got to be giving out the money. Where does it come from? Well, well, rich the people doesn't have anybody anything. It didn't steal from somebody, so right can't come from them. Well, the I, I mean, they produce are corpses and famine. Well, they've got what they stole from nobody. I obviously the last caller by his deluge. 
And you guys probably ain't going to believe this, but I was an altar boy. And I don't want to hear... How were no you altered? <laughs> or who did you alter? <laughs> I knew one of you assholes was going to go there. I didn't want to hear no southern poking bullshit. I was never violated any time, and I've been in jail many times. Actually, neither of us asked about that, but so I'm glad to hear it, though. Well, no, that was where he was coming from with kind of a left hook thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Major, you know, no, your phone still sounds like shit, by the way. I can smell a fucking skunk, buddy. <laughs> I ran over one the other day. To be fair, somebody else had already run over it, and it was dead. But then I also ran over it because it was, well, in the road. I wonder, well, must- will future generations have a story or a joke about why skunks smell so much like weed? <laughs> just about. Well... If you hit them right well, they just play possum. Hmm. All right. Well, Major, Major, you stay right there. Don't go anywhere. Stay right there, Major. Stay right there. Don't go anywhere. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Well, you just fucking knocked on my goddamn door. Who just said uh, about the faces and the women and the men? And look what's happened in the last two years. I'm sorry, but you nailed it, dude. Go to what now? Oh, he was so when I put him on hold, he was listening to Free Talk Live from earlier. That's what uh, the hold music oh, is. He's not I'm hearing so this show. Ah, and so now he's like, dude, whatever you just said, you fucking nailed it, right? But he's not listening to. He didn't hear All our right. whole <laughs> entire interaction <laughs> with the major. It, it is live earlier. Uh, you'd mentioned that the skulls and stuff of women and men are weird. Okay. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I know that you can tell the difference between uh, a male and female skull. All right. What's your favorite yeah, kind of pizza? Yeah. If you had two toppings on a pizza, what would you choose? I thought they had to look to the, look at the hips. Someone at the door? Because hips don't lie. Don't yeah, you can tell. You can tell the uh, from the skull. You can tell from the hips. Um, yeah, there's. Uh, I'm sure there's other ways. Uh, I know that uh, the easiest way for me as a massage therapist to tell the difference between the uh, male and female body is the hips. It is a huge difference. Well, don't they still have everything when you're massaging them? I mean, oh yeah, got- no, it's it's just a matter of like the shape of the muscles is different because the shape of the bones is different. So like the the width of uh, female hips is just ridiculous. Isn't that nice? It is. (laughs) Viva la difference. Viva la difference. Hey, Jack, stay right there. Stay right there. Don't go anywhere. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? It's your female side of your conscience talking to you. That's who the fuck it is. (laughs) Roberta? Hey, Robert. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, dude? (laughs) Of course, it's Rob. Hey, Rob. How are you, man? Hey. Well, I, it's another day in paradise. Yeah. As far as I know, uh, no one hasn't invoked a coronavirus on me, and no one hasn't taken a shot at me. Well, that's I like that. good news. It's a good day so far. Yeah. It, it is good news. And the reason why I'm calling is because I want to report some even uh, better news. Uh and that is 
Uh, Live on the scene, it's uh, Rob with even better what? news. Even better when, news. West Brattleboro, Vermont will be opening up uh, a new cannabis dispensary. Who is? Yeah, in October. In October, Vermont yeah. is supposed to allow uh, recreational cannabis and be opening uh, recreational retail nice. outlets in yeah, Vermont. Nine, like, in it's so nice month. of our masters to let us do this. Right, yeah. Nice of them to allow free market to like engage and people to voluntarily exchange freely with each other, except... Only I doubt if, it's a free market. It's Vermont. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So except only I if, would assume it's probably a government-run cartel. Only if they do it in the very specific way that the government tells them to do things. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. But, yeah, yeah I'm I glad mean, you're getting a dispensary over there. At least that. But, I mean, I grow my own shit anyway because at least I know what I'm getting. Yeah, that is the one thing that I really do wish we had here in, in New Hampshire. Like, the whole legalization of uh, of sale thing, it's like, yeah, I know you're going to tax it, and you're going to be like, oh, this is our new drug cartel. Here's what I well, would like to see is it's literally a weed. It's so easy to grow. And, it, I mean, God, it's been the foundation of human civilization and especially America. But... The, but we can't grow it. I well, I mean, you, you're not allowed to specifically. But like, in some ways, not making it a government regulated uh, retail marketplace, you know, in some way is a little bit more free than making it a government regulated marketplace, right? True. Like, like government in I, New Hampshire just doesn't want to like they're they're fine with it being quote decriminalized unquote as in like the very bottom of things that they will prosecute you for it's still illegal we will to only them. extort you and not kidnap you right yeah or try to shoot you but so like in that well, regard unless, unless you don't pay us in that course. regard like New Hampshire as a government is allowing people to exchange it and smoke it and you know all that kind of thing without you know, persecuting them for it. Right. So that's, a, you know, that's more free than it was before. They just haven't taken that other step that a lot of other states have where they're like, okay, now you can open a store called the Bud Hut or whatever, right? You know, uh, I'm trying to remember the stupid name of the one in Seattle. It was called like the Pot Store. Like, oh, you geniuses. Well done with your name <laughs> creativity. You know? Yeah, and one of the things I found out about uh, uh, Denver is that as tends to happen in a regulated market, instead of having a whole variety of like mom and pop shops doing doing all the pot sales, no, no. Eventually, you end up with literally Change. two companies that yep. own the entire thing. Yep. And it's like, and that's the thing. I don't give a fuck about selling it in stores and all of that. Just let me grow the damn thing. Yeah. Like, let me grow yeah. the flowers that I want to grow. I know, it's a big yeah. ask. Yeah, a lot of folks here in New Hampshire, at least in the freedom movement, big on gardening, or at least the idea of it. And so, uh, you know, you should be able to garden well, whatever I the mean, fuck you want. that uh, fucking asshole, Prince Zanunu, mm. he didn't want people to be able to enjoy or be able to... to Get any of this mess. What is it? His Highness? You no, know? His Excellency. His Excellency. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I call him a fucking asshole is what I call him. <laughs> yeah, we're referring yeah. to uh, his stationery literally refers to him as His Excellency the Governor. Well, you, and, can call him your, you can call him that if you want to, but 
I don't bow down. And no, no, sticking feathers up your butt doesn't make you a chicken. Hey, do you think nobody's mm. asleep? And being governor doesn't make you excellent. Oh, that's a fact. It's like I summoned him. Yeah, and, and the very simple reason that he won't ever change his mind on pot is because he is making too much money off of the alcohol taxes that we have. Somebody close to him that smokes weed needs to just, like, smoke him out. Yeah. Or well, get him to eat, like, a half of a pot brownie or something, and as, then he'll change his mind. As nice as that is, uh, or would be, and and as unlikely, even then, even then... No, I mean, it's not the goodness of his heart that, you know, keeps him putting people in jail or extracting money from everyone who wants to use a rival product. No, he's bought and paid for by the taxes on our alcohol. Well, if you ask me, he's not being called out enough of all the crap that goes on in his state. Well, and his state, like like he owns it. Well, at least the state that he says that he represents, anyway. Yeah. You know, but he's just as guilty as the. And this is of one of the cartels that call across this country. Yeah, this is one of the biggest downsides of our political machinery. Unfortunately, the the Republican Party won't give us any real choices, and he is so ingrained and ingratiated in that circle that. <clears throat> There's no getting rid of him. Much well, to my I mean, chagrin. He's like herpes. He just keeps coming back. Yep. Well, the system is set up to fail. It's been that way since the fucking beginning. You know? I mean, I was really quite shocked. I've been doing research on, you know, people that were wrongfully convicted and, and sent to jail. And it goes back to, like, the late, 1800s, the recordings of uh, of this in courts of law where uh, wrongful convictions were going on, but it's never really made, you know, a lot of noise. You yeah. know, I mean, until within the last probably 20 years. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing about courts. I have never seen a single rule that they will consistently follow. Hmm. No, I mean no because it it's it's all for them and 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 you know fuck the rest of the people. Yeah, courts are, the you courts know? are operated just like jails are operated just like schools for the convenience yep. of the staff. Well, and, and at the behest of the state. Mm-hmm. Those are the same motherfuckers that we went to school with and and drank with and had a great time with. Those are the same people that break these fucking laws. You know, and nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to fucking care. Nobody? Did you notice? Did you care? <laughs> I did notice, and I did care. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for noticing that I noticed. And thank you for noticing that you did notice and that you also care. And thank you for caring that I care. I noticed. But yeah, I mean... You have to have a way to keep people accountable or people won't be kept accountable. And the whole nature of government, so-called, is that they're not accountable. Right. The way you hold people accountable is by allowing them to freely associate with other people. Right. Well, I mean, it's always been said that uh, ignorance of the law is no excuse. But when the law breaks the law, uh, you know, 
They have all sorts of excuses. Mm. He was coming right for me. Right. They just uh, they just shot a 15 year old girl uh, the other day. Uh, it was uh, something happened. Uh, it was a, a couple that were getting a divorce, and uh, the guy uh, pulled the gun, shot the wife, killed her. Allegedly, mm-hmm. right? This is all allegedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he supposedly abducted their daughter, 15-year-old girl. Uh, they jumped into the pickup truck. The truck was spotted. Police chased him. Uh, and then uh, shots were fired, and the truck eventually veered off the road. And uh, somebody gets out of the truck, the passenger side, uh, with uh, wearing a helmet and uh, like a Kevlar vest, like a military, you know, bulletproof-looking thing and uh, starts running towards the police. The police shoot and kill her. It's believed that the dad had been shot in the first barrage, and he was in the the driver's seat shot and was like, here, put this on and get to safety. That's what the the, the theory is anyway. So the girl gets out of the truck, runs towards what she believes to be safety, towards the police, right? And boom, gone. Ends her life. Yeah. Yeah, and... Some versions of this story are putting it off as, no, she was firing a machine gun at the police. Except the only gun that was found was with her dad in the front seat of the truck. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's the story that they're saying. Oh, no, she was firing a machine gun at police. No, no. You just, you shot an innocent girl who thought she would find safety by running to the police. Her name was Savannah Graziano. And let that be a lesson to the rest of us. Ones I, that really get me are the ones that, you know, the police knowingly commit the crimes, but they just get away with it. Oh, you yeah. know, like, you know, like Ruby Ridge. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, there's nobody held accountable for the, yeah. uh, what was that, the Las Vegas shooter, you know. The assassination of JFK, Bobby Kennedy. Yeah. So not yeah, only I've, I've 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 taken to uh, thinking of Bill Clinton as the butcher of Waco. Ooh, nice. Not not only uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, Him and Janet Reno. Well, yeah. she was a piece of work. Yep. They're, I mean, they're all murderers, all of them, right? Not only do. Uh, does most of the population pay to have these people who do these things, these these murderers, these police, these politicians, these you know assorted bureaucrats, right, that are all funded by taxation? Not only are you forced to pay for that, but when they do something egregiously wrong, like murder an innocent girl, they are never really held accountable. And instead, who's held accountable? The same people who paid for it in the first place. Right, because they're stealing your tax money to pay for this organization, and then when they murder a 15-year-old girl, somebody's going to sue them. Somebody's going to be awarded millions of dollars, and that millions of dollars isn't coming from the cops who shot her. It's coming from the taxpayers every fucking time. Yep. Well, and see, this yep. is why they needed to destroy the American identity as even capitalist. Like, as much as is wrong with that word and the crony capitalism that goes along with it, like... Even the idea that we're capitalist was an idea that they had to destroy and eradicate from our culture because it comes along with the idea that competition's a good thing, that we get better service when you have options. We do. Yes. And we have more fun. And turns out, the more important the job is, the more important it is that you have choices of who provides that job. And they can't let us think that. 
because then we would start shopping around for government and discover exactly. there is no shop. I think nobody's asleep. <laughs> no. No? Oh, okay. You're still here? Uh, yep, I'm still here. All right. Nobody's here, man. I'm still here. Is nobody I'm here? here. <laughs> All right, Rob, stay stay right where we are. Stay right where we are. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? I am your father, Luke. <laughs> no! Is this a rerun? <laughs> yeah, it's like Vujade. I was the feeling say, that nothing like this has ever happened before. He seems to have before. the power of resurrection. <laughs> he hmm. said erection. <laughs> I am the one your mother warned you about. Hey, he pulled off the line. Nobody's chugging Mountain Dew. We can see what you're doing, oh, dude. Well, True. This might go to hell, you furry lip bastards. Is that is that all you had to what? say? Is that like a that person with glasses calling you four eyes? Oh, maybe. Well, I damn sure ain't no shave tail. Hey, shave the, tail. Who the hell were we talking to just a minute ago? Oh, Rob. Does Rob have a beard? He does not. Are you sure? Well. Uh, Major, stay right there. Hang on. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this? It's the same guy you were talking with two minutes ago. Yeah, Rob. I, know. I just, Rob, right? Do you have a yeah, beard? Yeah, well, of course I do. Oh, okay, good. Okay, Shoot. all right, stay right there. All right, Major, apparently. Show's got to have standards. Apparently, Rob does have a beard, so we just wanted to confirm that. God almighty, you boys. <laughs> what was that? All right. I, I'm going to, there, there's. So many marbles rolling around my roulette wheel right now, I don't hardly know how to land. Are you spinning? There is the room is spinning? A guy, a senator from Florida, that has introduced a bill where every law that has been passed will have to come up for review every five years. I love it. My God. Can you imagine the accountability? And the knots in the panties in the White yeah, House no. right now. Yeah, well, what they're going to end up doing is reviewing all those laws and making them more modern, cataloging well, every no. one of them so they could program them in the no, software. No, I, no, I love this. The idea of, like, you you have to either pass this really law again or it stops existing. to review itself and eliminate the fat? You really no, trust no, it no. to do that? No. I really it's expect going to that itself. this will slow down it's going the to review grind itself of government and grow faster. I think they'll probably just write one bill that uh, every five years that says, "Okay, yeah, we're gonna re we're gonna renew ev all of the laws for five years." Every Damn. every alphabet hmm. agency that is in existence gets a seven, ten, twelve percent bump every year. Automatically appropriated. Yep. Everything must be nice. Coming to review. Yep. It's not based on merit. It's not based on performance. It never is, and it never has been. That's another reason for it not to exist. Is because the outcome uh, does not uh, equal more than the input. In fact, it's the opposite of that. Uh, more is put into it as far as human effort than humans actually get out of it. There's no benefit. Well, and this is why the only solution is to innovate around this thing. Yep. I remember you bitched at me the other night, Captain. I just talked you off speaker. I keep forgetting. Yeah, you sound much fucking better. Yeah, I'm sure I fucking do. Wow, so bitching at you, you works? You know I love you. 
Major, give me a million fucking dollars. Major, give me a million fucking dollars. I'm bitching at you to give me a million fucking dollars. I recommend to you. All right. You remember I was just talking to you about this senator. All right. You know what? Hang on. Hang on. He's a hard ass. I have to apologize to you. And there's another one that's running in Oregon. Major, I have to. This guy was a Green Beret. Major. There's a movie I want to recommend to you is 12 Strong. This dude led the only cavalry attack in 150 fucking years. All right. In Afghanistan. He took 12 men. All right. Well, stay right there. Stay right there. Hang on. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Uh, Jack is fucking oh. listening. Fuck, I forgot about Jack. Sorry, man. Oh, sorry, dude. I was enjoying the show. Uh, you weren't listening uh, to this show, though, were you? You were listening to uh, the show from earlier, right? Because you were on hold. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm, I think I'm up to date right now. Oh. I got my uh, iPad going at the same time I have the phone on. So. Well, what you said you wanted okay. to ask nobody something. What do you want to ask him? Uh. Actually, a question for everybody. Okay. Favorite pizza, two toppings, only two, thick or thin crust. Now, I'm going to start with nobody. Pepperoni and mushroom. Mm. Thick or thin? Nobody? Nobody? Huh? Thick or thin? Thin crust or thick crust? Um, Probably thick. Like pan or hand-tossed? Like pan is fried and hand toss is just more like thicker than thin crust. I like the pan. Who's next? Jack? Um, my favorite's uh pepperoni and pineapple and I know I'll be killed for that. But I'm on the West Coast, so Pepperoni and pineapple? Thick or thin? Yeah. Uh thick. Thick as in pan or thick as in hand tossed? Hand-tossed. Okay, all right. Peakless? Not Chicago. Oh, okay. Peakless? Mm. Two toppings, favorite pizza? Mushroom and olive. Ooh. Thin crust. Thin crust, yeah. Cracker? Oh, Cracker, yeah. yeah. Mm. All right. Now, don't get racial. Are you in? <laughs> Cracker? Are you in <laughs> uh, Thanks, I was not going to get that one. Uh, my, my favorite, two toppings, right? If I have to choose two toppings. Right. Uh, I'm. I'm. Go- First of all, I'm going pan crust. Uh, just frying the bread is brilliant, right? Like that little browns, you know, whatever. Uh, it was a very, very like, close like, second. I'm very partial to the Little Caesars square pan, uh, pan crust that they had. Very partial to that. It, it fried the bread really well. Uh, my favorite two toppings though are pepperoni and breakfast bacon. I have to make the distinction between Canadian bacon so I don't mistakenly get pepperoni and ham. <laughs> I really don't like pepperoni and ham as like a two-topping pizza. There are far more two-topping combinations that I prefer over pepperoni and ham. But pepperoni and breakfast bacon, dude, that's the fucking hit, man. Like every time I order that, I'm like, you know, what glad I got that. breakfast bacon? I've never heard those words put together at it's time. you know it's the I'm kind what? of bacon you fry up in a pan in strips that you you know buy at the American store bacon in, in a pound and you know it's either regular cut or it's thick cut bacon if right it comes and, from a pound it's probably dog bacon it doesn't come from a pound it's <laughs> packaged in <laughs> quantities of one pound or or no oh, actually okay. actually now I saw one the other day uh, instead of sixteen ounces of bacon it's twelve ounces but it's a, it was the same price as you used to pay for a pound so. Shrinkflation. Right. Real quick question here. I'm getting pretty tired. 
I'm a big comic book fan, Marvel, DC. Yep. So the last movies that came out that were huge were um, Spider-Man, uh, was it Lost Universe, and then The Batman. So what like the most? I know all of you have seen them. I would guarantee it. I've seen them also, so... Which one is your favorite and why? I'm going Spider-Man because, well, just because, man, like Spider-Man was like for me one of the uh, more sort of believable superheroes. Like I like Batman a lot because he was just a dude, albeit a wealthy dude, but he didn't really have superpowers. But Spider-Man was like, oh, I got bit by a spider and now I can do these weird things and then made a suit and went out and fought crime. I thought that was awesome. So just the premise of Spider-Man makes him top slot for me. Mm. Reminds me of my friend Manic Kit. We used to uh, we used to say that she was bitten by a radioactive kitten when she was a little girl, and then we realized that she was bitten by a radioactive little girl when she was a kitten. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, Peakless. Uh, I haven't seen any new uh, super uh, superhero. None of the movies. new Marvel movies. No, not really. Uh, no. Like. Um, I saw. This is one of those Doctor times where I'm like, Strange? Where I'm like, I might like know the first more about one? a subject than you. This is weird. I don't. This is uncharted territory. I'm not sure what to, how to feel about that. Well, when it comes to pop culture, you definitely do. <laughs> I, I'm not that big of a pop culture uh, nerd, but I I know some about a lot, but nothing about much. And when it comes to music, you definitely have oh. me there. Mm. And all of the tech stuff. Okay. Oh, the scary, scary Jack, you sound stuff. like you're falling asleep, um, man. Are you okay? Yeah, no, it's fine. My phone's getting close to dying. All right, I'm well. Hold for a bit, okay. I'm kind of right, terrified about right watching there, that, man. Uh, Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Want to try that again? Oh, it's Rob still. Nice. Wow. Yeah. You just keep forgetting who's on all these lines, don't you? <laughs> no, I know. I just, you know. Are you are you wearing out our are you wearing out our customary it greeting? Just, it just looks cooler when the phone lines are packed. So <laughs> make you look like you're busy, huh? I mean, you know. So here's here's some life advice that I like to give people from time to time, and that is, uh, if there's something you want to do in life. Just start doing it, <laughs> right? Like, if you want to be, like, a reporter, well, get yourself a camera or just grab your cell phone. Go find something newsworthy and then turn it, point it towards yourself and begin reporting on the subject, right? And then, you know, put it somewhere where people can find it online and, the you know, whatever, the all the different websites you can do this kind of shit on. And, and then now you're a reporter, Right now, make yourself a business card that says "blah blah Bob Smith reporter," right? right? And then when people go, "What do you do, Bob?" You go, I'm a reporter. Here's my business. And like you just, if you start doing the thing you want to become, suddenly you become it. And so, like really simple things, like I know. Hold a, on, hold on, hold on. So does that mean that I can throw on a robe and start moving my hands in weird ways, and I'll just eventually be a wizard? Yeah. <laughs> Right? <laughs> you have the appropriate beard. I think you need to work on the hat. Ah, that's what it is. The hat game. You like, are going to need a pointy hat. Well, I mean, Doctor Strange doesn't have a uh, doesn't have a hat at all. Well, he's, not he's a strange. Wizard, he's a doctor. Yes, and he's also strange. So, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I know of a person who wanted to work at NASA, but they didn't have money to go to college and study, you know, astrophysics and literal rocket science and that kind of thing. But what they did is they showed up at like a bunch of places that NASA would either be or facilities that were open to the public. Right. And they just showed up and eventually they became known to the people and they, you know, were respectful of, you know, and just like showed up. Yeah, I'm just interested. You know, one day I hope to work for NASA. Right. And then eventually somebody gave them a job and then they were able to work their way up. You know, and I realized that NASA is a government, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying that they wanted to work at NASA and they showed up. They, that's all they did. They just started showing up where NASA people were. And suddenly they were working for NASA. Right. I'm just saying, like, this is a thing that, like, if there's a thing you want to do, just go do it or be around the people who are already in that industry some way, shape or form, volunteer or hang out where they hang out after work for beers or whatever. And then when something comes up, they'll be like, oh, hey, this guy, you know, maybe we could put him to work for us and doing the thing. He said he was interested in this kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. One of the, the one of the job awful stalker, a job stalker. Job stalker. Oh, that's interesting. Stalk the job you want. I like that. I don't. I don't like. The... But you have to be careful taking people's. Uh, I don't people's uh, work advice because, you know, some of it's really bad. Like they told me to dress for the job I wanted instead of the dress, uh, instead of the job that I had. Next thing you know, I'm sitting down in human resources dressed like Batman, <laughs> and uh... <laughs> again, <laughs> yeah. So no, some of no, the, some no. Of this so is bad. you skipped a step. You skipped a step. See, you're supposed to dress like Bruce Wayne, then become Batman. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to start at the bottom, I guess. You know. Mm. Yep. Yep. But no, I mean, it, it, it's a very strange thing that, like, speaking about things really can manifest them into being. You know, like if there's this particular place where I want a bridge, and, and that's that's just. That's what I want. I want a bridge. If I just keep talking to people about there being a bridge there, then eventually we can like reach the point where someone else goes, yeah, I want a bridge there. Okay, well, now we have an organization. And now if we just keep talking to people about there being a bridge there, eventually we can get someone who's like, yeah, I'm willing to invest in a, in a bridge being there. Yep. So you can actually speak things into being. It just takes time. Well, yeah, it's... Yep. it's participate in the thing that you envision right that's really all it is yep you have to also believe in it too yeah i mean especially you know if there's if if we if yeah, you do have to believe you're capable doing, it's true mm -hmm. you know whatever it is your task that you're trying to do you got to believe in it you know yeah yeah that's true i mean like being nearby is not enough like, no. for example, you'll notice very few groupies become rock musicians. But I can tell <laughs> you this right. much. But a lot of them get pregnant. That's true. But, but a lot of road crew do because they they're already musicians. And then when somebody like breaks an arm in a freak amplifier accident or something, they're just ready to jump in and they already know the tunes. <laughs> yep. yep. But I mean, uh, what? They, uh, didn't our rock stars had, uh, what do they call it, fertility insurance back then? fertility insurance yeah huh for what like when 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 the baby mama come to sue well yeah i mean you know if they did the day you know well i mean we could go on beer talk live so i guess i can say you know if they went and they did the they went and got laid 
and if there was a pregnancy, then they could use this fertility insurance in order to be able to get used it for like a settlement. Right, right. Something that David Lee Roth came up with. <laughs> hmm. Wow. Uh, Why David, doesn't everyone have this? David Lee Roth, the uh, uh, probably one of the best rock and roll singers, or at least uh, most popular rock and roll singers of the 70s and 80s, uh, who also uh, sounds like he's also a serial killer. <laughs> Three names, right? You know, I you could just hear the headline, right? You know, and the bodies of four people were found at the home of one David Lee Roth. Right? It's true. Yep. Serial killers—they always tell you the middle name. Generally, an assassin. Mm, that's right. Like that's John right. Wilk Booth or mm-hmm. uh, John Wilkes Booth. He had the body, but then it was Sirhan. Sirhan. That's two names. Little. Or one if name, had, depending they, on how you count. Oh, we lost. They had the we lost the major, and we lost Jack. We're just down to Rob now. Mm. We got robbed. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps I should say six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Sorry, go ahead, Rob. Well, I was, gonna, I was trying to say that if uh, if uh, he was actually a killer and he had the bodies in his place. Uh, he'd be into cannibalism. Mm. Hmm. Like I've got the body of a 17-year-old. I keep her in the basement. Wah, wah. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, well, hey, we don't make a lot of money. We, at the top? we have a lot of fun, don't we? Yeah. 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 You had fun with Annie Oakley? What? <laughs> it's not just any old Oakley. A- <laughs> Annie, are you Oakley? Are you Oakley? Are you Oakley, Annie? Annie, get your gun. You remember Annie Oakley? Annie gun? You're really giving away your fucking age. I, I don't remember Annie Oakley, but like. I How mean... about Raggedy Annie Oakley? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Oh, that, uh, I even remember it? Mae West. She came up with some great lines. She Mae West as much as she likes. I remember Mae. Madam, Knight. are you ex- are you attempting to display contempt for this court? No, Your Honor, I'm attempting to conceal it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a truly fantastic. Hey, weren't line. there uh, the uh, Raggedy Ann and the Angie dolls? Weren't there one of those originally anatomically correct dolls? When they first came out, um, My, uh, I don't think so. But Raggedy Ann and Andy were actually designed by a woman whose children were killed by a vaccine, I believe. <laughs> wow! <laughs> you believe, or you're certain of? Because I, I, that's I amazing. That. If true, that's amazing. Uh, huh. <laughs> If only I've there were a device. Now, now I have to. Now I have to ask the interweb. Ask the magic rectangle, nobody. I uh, will. My, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to stare into this black mirror, and <laughs> yes. it will give me the answers. Uh, yeah. While while they're consulting the, the oracle, <laughs> or the obstacle, depending on how much trouble they run into. Um, what were we talking about? Well, there are two things that a stoner can never tell you the answer to. What were we just talking about? about? And where is the life looking up? 
Oh, uh, Raggedy Ann and Andy, Raggedy, oh, whether yeah. or not they're my, a, uh, okay. a My experience well, with Raggedy Ann and Andy stuff. is is very uh, short. Uh, it consists of um, uh, there was a set of bunk beds. Uh, I was on the top bunk. My, my sister was on the bottom bunk. And my sister had a Raggedy Ann doll. And I had sort of taken it away from her. And I was trying to reach down from the top bunk and hit her in the face with it uh, as many times as I could. And she was getting upset. And she finally grabbed a hold of it as well. And then it became a game of tug of war. And you'll never guess what happened. Yeah, we split that bitch in two, man. Like, Annie became stuffing free. And, uh, you know, (laughs) bits over here, arm over there. Uh, We we destroyed Raggedy Ann. So So the exact details of the origins of the Raggedy Ann doll and related stories, which were created by Johnny Gruel are not specifically known, although numerous myths and legends about the doll's origins have been widely repeated. So, sounds like an urban legend to me. Myths and yeah, legends. according to Snopes, oh. which I don't generally trust Snopes that much, but uh, uh, they claim that the patent was filed before the daughter died. Hmm. Well, oh. there you go. But otherwise, the rest is true? She did design them after her kids? I believe so. Okay. Well, that's the problem. The exact origin is not known, but many legends have cropped up. What makes them raggedy specifically? I don't remember them being. Oh, they were literally made out of rags. Oh yeah. Yeah, cloth dolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, have you seen like uh, the people who take like burlap sacks that have like actual writing and stuff on them, and then like you know, tailor them into like well-fitted dresses for, you know, women and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And let's see here. Do-do-do. You mean do-do-do-do? Perhaps maybe if the dolls were hmm. were made of wood. So, weirdly you enough, know, like... would have lasted longer. But like Pinocchio? So, like, I know rag yeah. dolls were a really common thing during the Depression. Yeah. But uh, Raggedy Ann and Andy came along before the Depression. <gasps> Did they cause the depression? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we know the cause of the depression. It was not and immediately through my head. Government. A minion-style conspiracy. <laughs> it was not government. <laughs> huh. It was these two dolls, and my qu- my they were trying to propagate themselves <laughs> throughout the world. Impropagate uh, themselves. A uh, a wooden doll would put up with a good fight. With a ragdoll? I don't, th- I mean, I, I think the wooden doll would probably win. Or at least, oh, yeah. You know. Come on oh, ahead. yeah. No, I'm saying that a wooden doll would certainly put and a And now I'm trying bike. to figure out how to build a doll out of bricks. <laughs> a brick doll. Hey, hey Rob, we, Rob yeah. stay right there. Stay right there. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Uh, I don't hear am you. I re- am what? I reached the party to whom I'm speaking? Oh, it's the major again. But- he dropped off, but now he's back. Ah. Major, what are you doing back? Like a bad penny. Hey, I'm shiny side up every fucking day, buddy. <laughs> you know, I've heard this described, but I've never had a, like, that phrase comes from, like, a single penny 
that just finds its way back to you over and over again. You can like tell it it's that penny from a notch that's in it or something yeah. like that. I've you never had that happen to me. You have to have at least two hay pennies to for have, the boy. Have a hoe penny. That you'll not be able to cross the great hey, Oh, I meant a hoe named Penny. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, you, hoe you, penny. you might be a hoe named Penny. Two hay pennies. Deho Gracie. We'll get you a hoe penny. <laughs> Depending on how the That's economy is. Hey, so hey, what exactly hey, is hey. the distinction between a hay penny and a straw penny? Oh. I don't know. Is there a straw a penny? A hay penny is a half a penny. I don't know what a straw penny is. I've never heard of a straw penny before that I can remember. Man. Back in it the must day, be like a straw a man, pole. A man's pay was a tenth of an ounce of silver for a common laborer. That would equate to ten one-cent pieces of copper. And therefore, you had to break that down to a halfpenny and lesser to... Buy a loaf of bread or, you know, a gallon of milk or whatever. Huh. Because, yeah, a tenth of an ounce of silver was the standard wage forever until fiat money was created. A quarter ounce of silver or half ounce of silver would be like somebody that was foreman or, you know, a little bit of hierarchy. It's... Copper was the the uh, the currency of the common man. Mm-hmm. Silver was the currency of the uh, noble, okay. and gold was the currency of kings. Yep, I mean gold was usually exchanged for like uh, a building or a factory or a spot of land or something like that. Large purchases, uh, whereas yeah. to cut it down small enough to you know. Buy a dozen eggs, you can't do it. Yeah, that's a hay penny. Well, then maybe that's a straw penny. Is a half a hay penny then? So, do you know why they're? Uh, do you know why they're in the order they're in, though? Uh, no, sir, I do not. So it's it's something that's uh, technically called the stock to flow ratio, uh, but it basically just means uh, how hard it is to get the thing. I mean, technically, it's how much exists compared to how much is getting added to how much exists. But like, so it's a lot harder to uh, to get gold than it is to get uh, to get copper mm-hmm. out of the ground. Uh, but it's uh, harder to get silver than it is to get copper, but not as hard as as to get gold. So that was why they had the denominations that they had. Well, there's there's reasons that metals have been valuable. Because metal uh, rules, uh, man. It's true. No, no, silver silver retards. Um, uh, I'm a dork, man. <laughs> so silver silver vessels were very valuable on ship because they retard. Um, the food spoiling. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you just said, Major, but you get points for using shit and retard in like the same like four letter <laughs> phrase or four word phrase. All of the noble metals actually will are uh, anti um, antibiotics. Mm-hmm. You're like maiden. <laughs> There's nothing noble about that metal. Judas Priest, Man of War. Those guys are all noble metal. 
But no, uh, so for example, uh, if you want to make your milk last longer, you can take a, a silver ounce and drop it into the gallon jug and it will last longer. How much longer? Uh, like twice as long. It'll last two fucking weeks longer, dude. Yep. Wow. Just throwing a, just throwing a silver quarter into your milk but, jug. But then you got to remember to take the silver out when you finish off the milk and don't throw it away. Oh, it'll That's why it lasts it. longer. You don't no. want to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> if I drink it, I might throw away the silver. <laughs> yes. You know what? If you're stupid enough to swallow a nickel, then you might do it five times and shut out a quarter. But that's your own dumbass fault right there, ain't it? That's true. You go around swallowing oh chunks God. of silver, you get what coming to you. And it's blue skin. Blue skin. Yeah. yeah have you seen that's that? That's only colloidal like, silver. Yeah. Colloidal. Yeah. yeah if, you, if you drink too much colloidal uh, silver, it turns your skin blue. I have heard of this. I've never seen it. I've seen it. It is bizarre. Do you go and join the blue man group at that point? <laughs> well, if you did, you wouldn't need the makeup. Well, nickel's magic too, boys, as well as copper. You know that a real, an old copper penny now is worth three cents. You mean and it takes old, three cents to make? Yeah. No, the value. You cannot buy number one copper anymore in piping or anything else. And that's huh. what the old coins were made of. They're worth three cents a piece. Oh, back old, when you mean back when a penny was made out of copper? Yeah. And back in the day, an, an old, a real old fucking uh, nickels were seven cents. And nickel steel is very valuable. Well, and what's they used funny? To make Winchesters with nickel steel, and you could throw that damn thing into the bush. Well, you know how uh, you know how a penny now buys. Are, hardly rusted. Hang on, major. Well, you know how a quarter now buys you what a penny used to, major. Yeah. He's still there. Oh, a quarter ounce now buys what a penny used to? No, a quarter. quarter 25 cents. What? No, no, just oh, a quarter, yeah. like a quarter dollar. Buys you what now? What a penny used to. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, what's funny about that is that's about the right amount of copper. Like because about your penny is not made out of copper anymore. It's just got copper on the outside, whereas your quarter is now mostly made out of copper. I, I've been making the joke that 20 is the new five for at least 15, maybe 20 years. And like, it's actually true. Like when I started making the joke, it was probably not true. Now it's totally true. Yeah. It used to be hyperbole. Five. Yeah. And you will see the day where <laughs> it's not worth that much. Yeah. I'm going to give all you guys a test you can do at home. Take a new penny and an old penny. Look at homework. And you can tell the difference. Just an old penny. Looks like the bar you walked into that was old school, right? The logs are dark. Yeah. The new penny, always bright and shiny. Now you take that, one of each, and drop them on a hard surface, and you can hear the difference. Mm -hmm. I've, I've cut them in half. They're aluminum on the inside. Zinc. Yeah, it's zinc. Yeah, and I don't even think it's that much. I don't even think they're spending that much. <laughs> How much do you think they're spending? No. Yeah, I think they're just aluminum discs coated with copper. What do you think they're? Aluminum discs coated with copper. Aluminum discs coated with copper. Well, they're zinc. But they're zinc. 
Well, Mike could be wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, Major, you just stay right there for, for a minute. We're going to zinc about it. We're going to have ourselves a zinc. I, I, I'm going to wow. attempt to do a thing, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it or not. Canadian pennies, apparently, 2008, were 94% steel, 1.5% nickel, and 4.5% copper. Really? Wow. Yeah. America only did steel pennies during World War II. Steel pennies during World War II. This mm-hmm. isn't the right way I wanted to do this either. Okay, but American pennies are 97.5% zinc, 2.5% copper, uh, copper-plated, inclus- inclusive of bicentennial 2009 cent and United States cent, mm-hmm. or United Shield cent. Yep, whereas the quarters are made out of copper now. So, so it's funny, like, the the power of the penny has moved to the quarter. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, nobody, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Take a 10. And, uh, okay. Smoke if you got them. Good plan. We'll come back in about 10 minutes or so. I will, however, uh, leave, the, leave this going on. And I'm going to play a little bit of something for our audience while they're waiting. Uh, we'll be back sometime pretty soon probably about 10 minutes or so I'll play you a little jam from one of my favorite bands Snarky Puppy
You are currently caller number 47. Beard Talk Live, we're back in action, coming at you. It's like a sneeze, except different. We're coming at you, coming at you. I don't, you know, yeah. what am I saying? Coming Ooh. at you. Who are you? What's going on? Did you ever hear the rumor that uh, oh, a sneeze was one-tenth of an orgasm? <laughs> no, but uh, I did see some sort of a, a speed experiment on uh, the rate at which a sneeze exits uh, your face. And uh, I thought that that was uh, pretty interesting because it's fast. It's like if anything else came out of you at that velocity, it would probably <laughs> pierce whatever was in front of it. You know, just uh, the sheer velocity of it was uh, <laughs> formidable, to say the least. Well, uh, you're trying to literally blow a disease out of your body. So, well, yeah, that's true. 
But that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on. Oh, that's what's supposed to be going on. All right, no, that's fine. So if that's true, then how come the hypotenuse of... No, that's not it. Is it this one? Mumbling technicalties, mumbling technicalties. Oh, I, I'm, I'm doing something incorrect. Uh, oh, look, and just as he appears in his seat, ah, I get it right. Screen foo. I get it right. All right. One of these days, I'm going to learn these dance maneuvers, ah. and uh, it'll just all sort of, you know, be way smoother than it just was. <laughs> Nobody with us? Oh, wait, no, nobody nobody needs to be here. Nobody? Nobody's here. Hey. Uh, and I hear nobody. I knew nobody wasn't here or was here because nobody wasn't here and then nobody was here. Nobody, you've seen Spaceballs. Hmm? You've seen Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. That movie was awesome. It's a good movie. There was, a, there was another one I was thinking of recently it was sort of of the spaceballs variety just not nearly as successful or funny hmm. probably not you know for that reason <laughs> but still not it was funny oh, somehow ice, not as successful ice pirates it was like a 80s thing huh. and i just remember like there was this uh, character a creature character in there and like in the commercial for the movie he just grabbed a booger out of his nose and just it stretched out of his nose the big slime just sort of stretched and I was like okay I need to see this movie <laughs> <laughs> I was enthralled with the uh, the alien creature monsters uh, giant slime booger You may have been just the demographic they were aiming at with that I may have been 12 Well <laughs> I'm still 12 and well, the respect of most of my humor. But. Well, then you're still the demographic they're aiming at. <laughs> if ever you happen to see a commercial about a movie and they have sort of a Nickelodeon gack uh, snot pull. That is, wow, a Nickelodeon gack snot pull? Mm-hmm. You can't say that twice without stumbling, I think. Nickelodeon I, I gap snot. You're see? right. Yeah. Can't even say it one time for fuck's sake. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. My attempt to hold our previous three or four callers hostage on the phone lines has resulted in uh, no success. So we did take a break and listen to some kick-ass music that was snarky puppy. For those of you who enjoyed that. Yeah. So earlier you were saying that. Um like the the way that you learned guitar doesn't really allow for jamming as such. Right, because I I never really learned to play guitar. I play guitar. It's one of those things like I was talking about. I just was like, you know what, I'm going to play guitar in a heavy metal band. And so I just found some guys that, you know, uh, would allow me to sort of lead the band. And I just wrote riffs and like allowed them to put riffs underneath my riffs. And then we sewed them together as songs. And so... Because I did that exclusively for 22, 25 years, something along those lines. Um, that's the method of making music that I'm used to. So now when I get into a situation where there are musicians who 
you know, actually know how to read music or, uh, you know, can tell you what the different uh, scales and positions are on the fretboard. Like, I don't know any of that, right? Here's what I know. Oh, that riff? Yeah, it's it's based on, like, the eighth fret on the second string, right? At, like, I don't know that that's a, a D major, in, you know, and what the scale is behind it. I don't know any of the music theory. Uh, yet... I was able to be in a heavy metal band for 20 plus years and put out several, you know, CDs or whatever, that kind of stuff. So like I just sort of willed it to happen. And so that's kind of how I play guitar. I've never really been taught like how I just moved my fingers upon the guitar and saw other people do it enough that I was like, oh, if I just imitate that, you know, then I'll be able to play. So I, I did take like six guitar lessons when I was... 16 years old, 15, just before I turned 16. Uh, and they resulted in nothing because the dude wanted to teach me how to read music and I wanted to jam, damn it. So, yeah, I went that way. Yeah, I've only had a couple of uh, of guitar lessons, but I, I really think he did it the right way. Uh, he just showed me some some really simple music and showed me how to do exactly what you described. Just yep. put your fingers on the thing and make those sounds. And that's the thing. It wasn't about reading the music. It wasn't about because uh, I, I get how it's useful to turn this into a written language, but that is not the creative process of music. It's not a. a I mean, obviously you can do it that way because there are AIs that make music now, which, For, given how yeah, mathematical it is, yeah. that kind of makes a certain kind of sense. But the kind of music that is going to be new and is going to move people and stir them emotionally is not created by math. It's not created by writing it down. Writing it down is what you need to, to recreate the thing. Yeah. But, I mean, it's something that you play with. It's something that surprises you. Well, and to me, like, the experience, that what I described to you, uh, the method in which I uh, invent songs... Uh, particularly with other people and being in a band, which is write some riffs, get some guys to put some riffs, you know, with your riffs. And then it, it's a very tribal experience. So I don't want to downplay it. While it is very simple in its philosophy, uh, it is one of the most enjoyable things I have ever done with my life was to do exactly that. It's one of my favorite things to do is to write new riffs and then arrange them into songs. You know, oh, here's the intro. Oh, we need a riff to go with that riff. Or no, this riff's too long. We can only do it two times instead of four. This one time through. But then we got to have a new breakdown to go in here. And, like, you just start sewing these other riffs together, and that's how a song is born. Sometimes you can do where you invent words first. You do the lyrics, right? You write a poem, and then as you're reading the poem for the, you know, couple hundred thousandth time or whatever since you've written it, like, a riff will pop into my head. You know, like like I'm channeling it, right? And like mm. I'll just hear it done, or whatever. Well, no, that that right? uh, that that halfway point uh, where you put the rhythm to the to the words, but don't have any melody to it, is is what uh, slam poetry is like. Mm -hmm. Where like there the the melody is is just sort of a familiar talking cadence usually, but the the artistry of most people's delivery in that is what rhythm they put on on the words to give it a different emphasis you remember uh have so i married an axe murderer oh yeah mike woman Myers. woman whoa, whoa man, man. <laughs> whoa, man. 
Nice. So yeah, uh, uh, tribal experience is, mm-hmm. is the way. Some people say, uh, "No, you're communing with the spirits." Right? Like I, I was in the Seattle area, a bunch of hippies. Right? So like, oh yeah, you're making it, it. It's it's being channeled through you, and so you're communing with the spirits, and they're actually writing the music. You're just the conduit, and you know, okay, whatever. While that sounds like an accurate description from their perspective, like uh, that, it is kind of the experience. Like it's all. I won't say it's a religious experience, but it's certainly, it's almost a ceremony, right? Mm. You and these same guys get together, you lock yourselves in a room with some loud instruments and, you know, you just kind of go, you know? Well, I mean, so the idea of communing with the spirits, uh, as they would put it. So you're definitely tapping into something. Yeah, That much is certainly true. And uh, I would say that at least part of that is like your ancestors, I mean, the fact is that we are the descendants of uh, organism after organism after organism that had a sense of rhythm. And humans in particular, like, wow, art is just so human. So that's that that's just been encoded Is there another in species that does art? Um, yes. Uh, uh, like, that makes things pretty for the purpose of making them pretty. I mean... Who? What species? Uh, birds. Birds? Yeah. Birds yeah. decorate? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I forget what it's called, but there's this one bird that, like, the way that it builds its nest is not only beautiful, but it creates an optical illusion of it being bigger on the inside. It's got a TARDIS for a nest. Yes. Showing my nerd yeah. down here. But an art, an art TARDIS. <laughs> an artist, if you will. But seriously, they design it so that, and, and I've seen the, I've seen the like uh, the camera pan down, like you see it from this angle. It's like, oh, it's it's decorated. Then it pans down that, to that's, like that's an organism to level view, and it's like, holy shit, it is bigger on the inside. But but that's an organism building but it's an a illusion. thing, building a thing. But is it you know the same as expressing an emotion, right? Or or at least people interpreting it as such, right? Because like. A bird can build a very beautiful nest and multifunctional and all that kind of thing. Did the bird build it out of sheer desire to just, you know, make something creative and express their feelings? Or did they build it because, well, that's how they build their nests and well, it's good camouflage. Right? So there's a practical purpose to the thing. You could argue that the practical purpose is the same. You so, can't, so the, I guess the, I can't the bird prove, that builds that hmm. uh, builds that nest to impress a mate to mate. Now, you can just as easily argue, though, that the origin of human art is also to impress our mates and to show our fitness for reproduction. Mm, I think art comes from somewhere else. Like, that—that that is a result of being good at art, right? You, you might get laid more often if you're particularly good at, you know, your form of art. <sighs> well... Because chicks dig artists for some reason. So And giant robots. Oh wait! Like I could Chicks become a giant dig robot. Giant robots, you dig giant robots. <laughs> I dig giant robots. <laughs> uh, nobody doing his Iron Man impression. Hmm. So I mean, your your definition may vary on this one, but I I I see like something about art, art for the sake of art. So I think that art is part of our processing, like. I think that a part of how human beings apprehend ideas, like 
before we can even start to move them into words, yeah. we have to experience them in very vague shapes like dreams and art. And art is like the furthest out form of, uh, of processing an idea, of starting to comprehend and cope with this thing yeah. and turn it into a tool that we can actually use. I mean, it's uh, been my experience that uh, generally the more talented a person is, uh, the larger the trauma that they've had in there when it comes to like art talent, right? So Frequently is that, the case. that can be an opinion too, because one person might look at something, some art somebody did and be like, this, this sucks. And somebody else might be like, that's beautiful. So, uh, you know, art is subjective in that respect. But I will say that the majority of the people that I've met that, say they're artists are also survivors of some sort of a trauma. Mm. Uh, the, the, the phrase is, and you know, if it's not true, let me know. You know, anybody who hasn't survived trauma. <laughs> there is that. Well, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm thinking specifically now, childhood. You now know, I, stuff, I, right? I like do abuse. see what you're saying there. And it just occurred to me that like, that would be when art would be the most useful. Like if you aren't encountering trauma, then you don't really need to immediately invest a bunch of energy in like reaching the most far out idea and bringing that a little bit closer so that maybe we can make something out of it. Like if you're not encountering trauma, you really don't need to be investing your energy in that kind of an exploration. But it's when you're starting to get hurt that you're like, okay, I need a new tool. Nobody do drug. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody do you do art. I know you do computer programming. But do you do art? Uh, no, I actually I'm completely devoid of artistic talent, apart from uh, uh, apart from coding. Well, uh, there is an art to the language there. There is. It's true. Um, I like I've done so many different types of art. Have you ever done stipple? S t i p p l e. Mm-hmm. It's just you take a pen and you just dot 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 dot. It's like it's like your hand is a dot matrix mm -hmm. printer, and and you try and make a a picture like you envision yeah. it on the paper and you use your pointillism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I once did like a a whole. Uh, it was like a giant motorcycle, uh, just in stipple on you know I don't know a, a legal size sheet of paper. No, bigger than that, poster size sheet of paper. Uh, and I was surprised. I was like, oh, actually, it looks pretty good. Like. Right. I don't, yeah, no, I got that one right. You know, I have a buddy down in San Antonio does the most phenomenal stipple I have ever seen. Like, yeah. holy shit, the textures that he puts into these things—absolutely mind blowing. Hmm. It's one of the things I I keep coming back to regarding, like, we've been talking about like music as a language, right? We've been talking about art as a language, right? Mm. Communication of emotion. Uh, if if that's true, then, uh, and I've said this before on this show, to me, cryptocurrency is the communication of value. I mean, money generally yeah. is the communication of value, but cryptocurrency is the first time it's free of coercion. Yeah. And, and in that respect, it, it reminds me of music, right? Because music well, only has value if you think it has value. Well... There was a time when it was free of coercion, actually. I mean, gold and silver didn't have to be forced on anyone. Like, weirdly enough, being forced to use money is a bizarre and new and highly experimental idea. 
I mean, especially like in terms of uh, of the entire globe being simultaneously on fiat currency. Like that's never that's never ever happened before. Like money used to be just oh hey this sells very well, so I'm gonna have that because it's convenient and sells well. You know, gold, silver, people like shiny shit. Yeah. And it helps that, like, this shiny shit keeps us not dead. That's why I always polish my shit. Because <laughs> you can, in fact, shine a turd. Uh, one, of, one, of, <laughs> one of the EPs that one of the bands I was in uh, made, uh, because it was poorly recorded and we put it out on cassette, even though it was the, the CD, past the CD era, getting into the early MP3 era, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we called it Polished Turds. <laughs> Because, you know, it's kind of what it was. Hmm. But yeah, it, it always used to be something that was free of coercion. We didn't have to force people to to take these things. Well, trading in, like, like trading in things, right? Trading in even precious metals, uh, jewels, right? Easily portable stuff, right? That that makes a lot of sense, especially if they're rare because they're, like, they're more valuable. But it's... It's always, I don't remember, there's the name of this problem. It's the problem of, you know, how many chickens equal a cow. Whatever, there's a name for that problem in, in economics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, solution to, that, is, but the yeah. solution to that, of course, was currency, right? And currency isn't exclusive to human beings. Uh, primates also engage in some currency mm-hmm. things themselves. Not human f- beings are primates, for the record. That is true. Other primates than humans. Uh Depends on your definition. Uh, some dictionaries specifically define it as non-human uh, ape, I think. But anyway. Hmm. Interesting. There's a now, war on. So something that for, just dawned that on phrase. me about this, though, is that money is actually the universal language. I, I like, mean, art is the universal language. Well, no, think about it for a second, though. I mean, the, the universal language of value is money. Because the the fact that yes. you can reliably go anywhere at any time and say, here's some shiny metal, and be relatively sure that someone there is going to go, ooh, I like that shiny metal. Here's a, a, a thing. Right. So it's the expression of value. And, it, and the moneyer it is, the more universal of a language of value it is. Communicating value uh you know revolutionize humanity yeah right and then uh the the accounting system the uh, what do they call it it's the the white stripe and the green stripe and the white stripe and the green stripe it's the everybody's seen these, these ledger books mm. right uh, accountants uh, before computers uh, accountants used to use these giant books filled with uh, lined paper and every other line was colored green and every other line was colored white and in them they would put numbers and stuff it was kind of like an excel spreadsheet mm-hmm. uh but it was a there was a system they had to keep track of all of the funds and all of the uh the income and the outgo and the ta- you know uh, they called it a double entry system mm-hmm. right and so it was its own checks and balances uh and that particular invention uh, that double, uh, whatever the hell it was that I just said. Double uh, entry bookkeeping. Double entry bookkeeping uh, revolutionized humanity. Mm-hmm. Right? If you go look through history, like that particular thing, like pff, allowed for things that humans never had before. And so mm-hmm. cryptocurrency is just somebody uh, improving that idea. Mm-hmm. 
Like, literally. I mean, it's not the only thing, but, like, that's sort of the basis. If you can understand what a ledger is in accounting. It is fair to say. You've got most of Bitcoin. You understand most of it already. I mean, it is fair to say that the revolution of Bitcoin itself is the third entry of triple entry bookkeeping. Right. And the problems that we were running into before were, well, if I make this third entry, what about this problem? What about this? Basically, the, the Byzantine general's problem. Right. And it's like, okay, well, we're at this impasse, and that's why we can't have a third entry in our bookkeeping. And then, oh, well, it turns out if you have a variable difficulty mechanism and you run it through this hash algorithm, da 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 boom, now you have a permanent record of time and activity. Right. And so what they've done is they've taken the language of accounting, right, numbers, code, if you will, nobody, uh, mm-hmm. they, they've taken this and uh, made it, Gave it the feature of eliminating the need for third-party trust. So if you and I want to do a transaction and trade and express that value to each other, uh, you know, we, we come to terms on a price of that value, and I send that value directly to you. You accept it, and that is all. No third party involved, right? We didn't have to put it into escrow for a while and wait like we could have. If we're doing a business transaction, like that's totally possible for us to do that. But, you know, you can cut through the mustard, just pay someone directly, bypassing all the bureaucracy that ever existed. Yeah. And because of that. No trust involved. And and because of that, I can literally have my wallet in my mind. (laughs) That's true. Like it has transcended the physical boundaries. That is just unbelievable yeah you can memorize some keys and you know and and all of the stuff that we've you know relied on the government to keep records of and relied on the government to uh, uh give the validation to the educational system that will train people to have the license of all of these things no just gone we've replaced you all of your record keeping is inferior to our current technology What's the next thing that will will be invented? Like, I think that the blockchain technology and internet technology are are on the precipice of coming together in a way that, like, we can't predict, right? Like, you know, the guy who invented the telegram, right? I think the next killer app is probably, uh, at my best guess, uh, the next killer app from from the blockchain technology and all of that is... uh, so what they have uh, currently developed for NFTs will just be applied to uh, deeds of ownership. Okay. Hmm. And that'll, that'll be your title, right? Yeah. Your, your title to your car will be an NFT. Your title to your house be an NFT. Yeah, exactly. And, oh. then, and then once you've got that system in place, it's, uh, it's an easy jump to just making entire contracts yeah, once. that, uh, that, okay, well, when this contract is done, we sent this and here's the, the hash for every letter in this contract. So now if I want to prove that you and I have this contract, I have to get every letter correct. Right. But if I do, then it is absolutely certain that we had this contract. Because here's the proof on the blockchain. This exact hash went through from you to me and from me to you. Yep. Okay. Here and 
the chances are literally impossible in any practical sense right. to get any other like interpretable contract that has the same hash. And that's exciting to me because what it means is uh, you're replacing one very specific portion of bureaucracy, and that is official record keeping. Right. Once, once that is proven to be, I mean, it's already proven to be able to be replaced, but once that actually starts like Craigslist eliminated newspapers, like once that starts happening and little pieces of bureaucracy start getting absorbed mm -hmm. by this anarchic infrastructure that nobody's ever seen the likes of before, mm -hmm. that to me is one of the most exciting things because you no longer have to rely on these giant war machines and, and their fucking lackeys to tell you who owns what mm -hmm. or who agreed to what. And so, fun fact... Most of the things that we usually refer to as lawyers are not lawyers. They are attorneys. Now, you'll notice the word turn in the middle of there, and that's exactly what they do. Torn? They turn from this to that, which is all just a keeping a record of this property is moving from this uh, person to this person. That's their whole job. Yeah. That's their whole fucking game is, oh, well, I know the special secret dance that you have to do in our monopoly in order to keep these records as these records. And we can just skip them out entirely. Yep. Like all of these things that we need attorneys for, we can just do ourselves. And it's, it's bizarre for me to think that in the same way Craigslist, you know, killed the newspaper that there's a technology that can kill bureaucracy. It can yeah. eat, it's coming for your bureaucracy. It is coming for your bureaucracy. So uh, I will, you know, give the devil his due. The SEC chair that uh, when he's like, these are securities, he's not 100% wrong. They do operate as a perfect vehicle for a security. Yes, they, are, they do. But they themselves are not. But a security includes the ownership of a business, right. which uh, they do not. Right. It's like, but they act like stocks. You're right. As an accidental side effect. <laughs> right, yeah. As an accidental side effect, oh, we replicated, like, your entire fucking stock system. Oops. Mm -hmm. We well, didn't mean to replicate to your add. stock system. We were kind of trying to avoid that. But, oh... By the way, all of the advantages of that technology are also part of our system now. Right. And yeah, well, if you want you to, to... Sorry, God. The thing that you would have to add would be uh, blockchain voting. So that basically if you could place a, a vote for every coin or fraction of a coin that you own, mm -hmm. um, then you would definitely be able to create and run a corporation on the internet except that that corporation would not be a separate person. Right. Right. And, and that's the thing. You could, yeah, certainly load a, a corporation onto a, uh, onto a coin, and it would, it would massively increase the efficiency of the stock system. And this is a byproduct. This is an accidental <laughs> yeah. spill. This is a goof that we accidentally copied all of your technology. It... Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I'll play devil's advocate for just a second. Is this, you know, next step of marriage of, you know, uh, AI, uh, bureaucracy 
and uh, cryptography, you know, cryptocurrency, tech, blockchain technology. Uh, it, it, are we creating our own, you know, demise? Are we creating a Skynet, if you will, from the Terminator movies? I don't see how. I strongly, I mean, it could be a component, okay? If you had an AI and that AI was able to figure out how to, uh, how to get a cryptocurrency wallet, that would certainly increase its ability because it could use email to hire a lawyer, for example, and then uh, use cryptocurrency to pay that lawyer. Non-humans, uh, for the first time, can communicate value to humans. Um, but, but yeah, that sounds like an advantage to me. The infrastructure exists through which they could, but as far as we know, there is, there is no actual intelligence out there to use that technology that is not human. But even if there were, this would be a... a, a benefit like this would this would encourage our first interaction with such a being to be peaceful because that's what the market brings is peace all right so we know humans are not the most intelligent being on planet earth right uh i'm told dolphins are more intelligent than humans i don't buy it uh i i don't know if that's yeah. true or not but let's let's show them how to use a, a, a cryptocurrency wallet see what happens i'm game anyone want to teach a dolphin how to how do you use, a, use an edge wallet or something? Uh, as far as I can tell, they don't have uh, the ability to think abstractly. Yeah, but they can think mathematically. So I don't know. Told. I always remember a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where it <laughs> said that humans thought they were more intelligent than dolphins because dolphins hadn't developed... Uh, uh, homeowners associations and digital watches and dolphins thought they were more and in, more intelligent than humans for much the same reasons <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's well said yeah and the uh, most intelligent being uh, cleverly disguised as mice oh. hmm. what was that story about the smart oh the rats of nim Mm. Uh, Disney made a movie about it called uh, something Nim. Uh, the the full title was something like Mrs. Brisby and the Rats of Nim. Hmm. Mrs. Frisby. Uh, well, there were two different versions, right? Uh, but you're right. Frisby was the first. Uh, there was some copyright thing involved with one of the publishings, and so they called it Brisby instead of Frisby. Uh, really? It, yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's not the uh, what is it the something effect. Mandela. Mandela, uh, Mandela. Yeah, thank you. It's not the Berenstein Bears, Frisbee hmm. versus Brisbee. There's actually two versions of it. Wait, where I come from, it's called the Berenstein Bear Effect. <laughs> <laughs> the Barbara Streisand Effect. Huh? I do always wonder about that one. Like, are we just slipping from, like, almost the same dimension to almost the same dimension all the time? And no one really noticed it because if they were that different, then you wouldn't be slipping in the first place. Wow. It's definitely possible. Just an idle thought. Don't mind me. Let's ask the science. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this idea thing. of multiple universes came from uh, quantum physicists. Is the plural of universe universi? No. Universes? Universes, yeah. Universes? Yeah. Mm. Doesn't sound quite as fulfilling. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. You, you can say universes if you feel like it. No, that's all right. 
<laughs> multiverse. M- multiverse. Yep, that's good. That's that's already permeated all of the science fiction. Multiverse. Yep. It's weird though how like every time I see a science fiction thing now, like the multiverse is involved. Yeah. Like there's just been. I, I maybe it's just me, uh, but like. Yeah, I try watching things because, like, maybe it only got rated a 5 or a 4.5. But if it looks like some money was spent on it, I'll watch it, you know, see if it's any good. And occasionally you get a gem. Mm -hmm. uh, But more often than not, you don't. But, like, so I'm trying to watch these movies and strike it out. But, like, they're all, like, I'm like, really? Another multiverse movie? Like, seems to be, like, the current trend in science fiction movies. Yeah, I I have a very, very unpopular uh, opinion on that one. So I do believe in in multiple universes, but not infinite multiple universes. Well, how do you know how many there are? Well, I just well, figured... Well, you look at the central finite curve. <laughs> okay, thanks, Rick. Yep. <laughs> well, so I just figured sure. that in every dimension... Did you not recognize that, Captain? No. The central finite curve is the uh, set of universes in the multiverse in which Rick is the smartest person. Oh, we're talking Rick and Morty. I've never mm. seen an episode. Seriously? Oh my God, what's wrong with you? It you is, come over. It is I, really clever. I, I sort of stopped watching like new cartoons. And so like like South Park, I still watch because, well, I love South Park. But, All right. Like, I don't really watch a lot of, and, I, and it's going to sound weird to you, new cartoons. And while Rick and Morty's been around for a minute, uh, at one point it was new and I was alive and I was like, nope, not going to start watching that one. Wow. Okay. You're no longer 12. Oh, but I am. No, <laughs> oh, no, I am. no. The day a man no longer watches cartoons. No, no, no. See, because I'm, the day he is grown I'm, up. I'm a bit old. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm a bit older, older. And so like, that was like a thing. And so you stopped watching cartoons when you were like, like when you got into girls or whatever, right? You went through puberty or whatever, mm. and you're like, oh, there's this whole other world out there. Well, uh, one of these time wasters has to go. And so I stopped watching cartoons. And that still remains in place today. No, not mm. always, but sometimes. There's old cartoons. I, I still like The Simpsons, but like I don't, I haven't watched The Simpsons in years. It went downhill. Well, yeah, I mean can't be around that long and that's know, true continue to put although south park's giving it a good run yeah south park has gone downhill more than once yeah from time in to some time cases it's come back though yeah which is which is interesting usually when things go downhill they don't come back uphill gravity being what it is i know nothing about the uh, creators of south park but you know perhaps they uh you know quit smoking weed for a minute and then they were like wait a minute <laughs> We gotta smoke weed to make this show. <laughs> hmm. I, I I was a fan of the uh, diapers that they put on people's heads for the uh, COVID episode. That mm. that that warmed the cockles of my heart. Yeah, yeah. I hear that. Especially after like they, I don't know. They they go back and forth on the whole like uh, agenda that's taking control of the federal government at this point. The agenda? Yeah, the whole like uh PC on steroids thing. The the woke and the And woken. Yeah. yeah, I mean like the the fundamental shift that they're trying to do in what our society is constructed of, what the fundamental assumptions that we operate on are. 
Okay. What, what would you say that shift is? Okay. Well, so for example, instead of going, hey, so there's male and there's female, and then there are these other things that that are, are variations on that theme. It's no, no, there's uh, gender is a construct. And also there's 72 genders. Hmm. Like, so that that just blows apart the framework instead of building on it. Oh, I see. Well, or, see, I guess it doesn't to me because, but to me, it just change. It's just a different way to use words. Um, you know, I. Uh, yes, we know. I I don't know. It doesn't. Uh, whether you want whether you want to say that it's it's a gender or just a type that's more or less the same thing you know the uh and gender as a matter of fact has a more general meaning which is type okay so that uh for example the king in hamlet uh when he's talking about why he can't just have hamlet murdered as he becomes a problem says he is beloved of the general gender, which is the common people. Um, so uh, to me, it's just a matter of different groups of people using words differently, which is fine, but then in each insisting that their usage of the words is the only uh, allowable use of the words. So which is problematic well so here's the thing it's like if if you said somebody was was gay and they said well gay means happy and you said well gay also means homosexual and and they said no 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 it can't mean that gay means happy well they've established a, a boundary in their use of the language and i can either both agree to that boundary or disagree have. to that boundary now, I will say that, okay, so as types, all right, so what you're doing here is you're building up like a, a categorical framework, right? Because, mm -hmm. okay, gender means a type of a thing. Okay, now, if you start out with, okay, so there's masculine type and feminine type, and then from that basic framework, you build all of these extra complications, then you actually have a structure that is organic as compared to if you just wipe the slate clean and say, have at, and just like throw paint all over the, the canvas, you, you're not building any kind of a structure that way. Hmm. And if you don't have structure to your thoughts, then you can't think in an ordered way. Can different people structure their thoughts differently? Oh, yeah, definitely. And can both of those structures be valid? Yes. Okay. Okay. Everybody's nodding. The nod of the well, yeah, it's, it, it's like uh, we were talking about uh, off-air a little earlier. Uh, one of the things that bothers you is how uh, there's always two choices. It seems mankind is very uh, want- to boil things down to just two choices, except for certain things. Like, sure, there's like Coke and Pepsi. Those are the two most popular brands. But there's Dr. Pepper, 
right? You know, I mean, there's other, you know, RC Cola, there's other brands. I mean, there's thousands of different kinds of carbonated beverage soft drinks, right, if you want to call them that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for whatever reason, Coke or Pepsi. And, like, some places in the United States, you go into a restaurant or something, you know, and you're like, uh, uh, yeah, what kind of Coke do you have? And they're like, Coke, Pepsi, Mountain Dew, Sprite, right? They name off brands because they they call all carbonated beverages Coke, Mm -hmm. right? But in other places, they're like, what do you mean? We do have Coke. We have Diet Coke. We have, you know, and but they don't know that you're asking for a different kind of beverage. So sometimes if you're used to saying, hey, I want a Coke, and they go, what kind? And you say, when sometimes you just go, hey, I want a Coke, and they go, okay. <laughs> like they've assumed what kind of Coke you want to have, right? <laughs> they assume and, you, the and, Coke you want is Coke. Right, yeah. So it creates this weird dynamic for people who, uh, you know, cross into this other, we'll call it a subculture, or across from one culture into a culture that does things a little bit differently. Uh, it's one of the things I encourage people to do is to do that. Get outside. Like if you were born in a certain area uh, and you've never gotten out of, outside of, I don't know, 50-mile radius or something, uh, do. Go. And like spend other time around like other uh, geographic areas. It doesn't even have to be that far. You could go a town away or two towns away or a city away or a state away. Uh, and like spend time there because there's going to be subtle differences in each of the cultures. Mankind is still really fucking tribal. Yeah. So mm. I've been thinking, and, and, and one of the oh, watch so, out, nobody. He's been thinking. Yeah. The idiosyncrasies of language develop in a, a, a an evolutionary environment that is survival of the fittest. So yeah. there are there are uh, little nuances of any given language that exist because that was what allowed people to function. So uh, and the, the throughout human existence, it has been useful for us to say, okay, on average, in general, this kind of a person does this kind of a thing. And that kind of a person does the other kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So when you have people who are trying to say, no, that is bad, people get defensive because this is something that has allowed us to survive. And with good reason. Like, if you get too confused, you will not reproduce. Like, uh, if you expose a duckling to a ping pong ball, it will treat a ping pong ball like it is its mother. Right. And later, when it has gone through uh, puberty, it will attempt to copulate with a ping pong ball. <laughs> and if we eradicate the Pickle idea fucker. of gender, we will attempt to fornicate with ping pong balls. Uh, I, I mean... I've 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 actually seen a stripper who did and frankly that. humans are so fucking complicated that you should be real careful when you want to make things more difficult when it comes to our social interactions because it's a heavy price. Yeah, it's true. And like, I don't know. I mean, do do you need to? Because the problem is, okay, the the converse of making things more difficult is making them easier right. or the opposite i'm not not really the converse the, the inverse. i guess uh the inverse yeah that's the word i was looking for so the problem is if you make it easier and easier and easier to survive 
then it will take less and less and less intelligence to survive. And Darwin being as he is. That's, that doesn't track um, at all. So, so here's what, the thing. As that, it gets easier to survive, the bar gets lower? Well, so here's the thing, though. Reality is always changing. Like, there is no one environment. The environment is perpetually changing. And the thing is, like, while you are making it easier to survive, you are also changing your environment. And the thing is that these things stack and it just goes faster and faster. So, like, the process of making it easy to live is also increasing the difficulty rating continuously. Because the more you change the environment to make it easy to exist, the more you change the environment, which means the more you have to change to suit the environment. Hmm. I think the network effect isn't done. Like, we've only begun to see the effects, the advancements that, that humankind is capable of inventing because the network effect isn't done. Uh, it just continues to evolve. And that's, you know, on some level, I, I like to believe that people who value freedom, you know, Eleuthermaniacs, uh, libertarians, anarchists, voluntarists, whatever you want to call them, um, is, is an evolution, you know, not a, uh, you know, a byproduct of something else. I hope that it's humanity finally uh, coming to grips with its own, uh, exception, right? Its own, I don't know, it's this bizarre, you know, flip side universe, man, just because these folks are, you know, in these positions or, you know, they have the badges or they have the, you know, certain documents that say who they are, what organization they're with, like they get to treat people differently than everybody else. We should look at an old Star Trek and find out if uh, Spock has a beard. There was the alternate well, universe. Spock had a giant. That's goatee. what I was referring yeah. to. And uh, <laughs> and older Spock uh, had a beard. And also, that's how you prove whether or not you've left the universe that you're in or not. Is you just go watch that episode and see if regular Spock has the beard and alternate Spock does not, or does regular Spock not have a beard and alternate Spock does. Hmm. Speaking of how weird, much Spock would a Spock 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 if a Spock Spock? Did you guys Spock, know Spock. that uh, a box full of genetically modified mosquitoes successfully vaccinated a human against malaria in a trial funded by the NIH, National Institute of Health? I am supremely ambivalent. The study involved about two hundred hungry mosquitoes biting a human subject's arm. Human participants placed their arms directly over a small box of the blood suckers. So this is huh. this is a provable thing now. They've they figured out how to load up mosquitoes with a vaccine. Now this I am simultaneously for and against this. Yeah. Now this Because on the one hand, I think the only reasonable way that you're going to defeat malaria is you have to use its vectors. So I kind of like that idea. Like if we can vaccinate people against malaria, that'd be great. Right. I'm not saying it's not. But dear God, this is also terrifying. But yeah. Yeah. It could also be used in all kinds of different biological warfare. Oh, yeah. Who gets to decide what vaccines are, you know, uploaded into these mosquitoes? Well, whoever's mosquitoes they are, of course. Which is just super villainy. And and if you do this, super villainy. 
I mean, I know we're all big proponents of the non-aggression principle. How do you, how do you defend yourself against, let's say they, they've loaded a, a vaccine and you've looked into it. You're like, I don't want that in my body. Fuck this. Right. You should have the freedom to, to choose not to have it. How do you, uh, you know, outside of like spray yourself with some off like or some DDT, how do you prevent a bunch of mosquitoes netting, you know, from getting OK? But like for how long can you get away with that as a human being? Eventually you're getting bit by some fucking mosquitoes. Yeah, I mean, you can reduce mosquito bites with netting. You can't eliminate them. Mm. So, yeah. So that in and of itself is just bone chillingly fucking terrifying. Yeah. I I heard about this and I was like, fuck, man. OK, really? apparently we didn't have enough nuclear weapons. I got to make new, you know, potential suicide of the species level weaponry. Yeah. If you great. can, if you just, can use just it fucking great for some sort of apparently good purpose like oh, i don't know you know curing malaria curing malaria for example or at least vaccinating against it right, right? effectively curing it i would guess yeah. if the vaccine does what it's supposed to if it's even a vaccine at all right. you know this remains to be seen but just the fact that they've successfully done this not only have they successfully uh, uploaded this vaccine into the mosquitoes They've actually vaccinated a person who had to put their arm in this box of fucking mosquitoes and get bit like a couple hundred times. And they got somebody to do that. Yeah. And they're proud of it. They're like, yeah, check it out. Look what I did. I did this. Oh, it hurt for a little while. Right. There's a little bit of a story, but I don't, I don't want to talk about the story. I want to talk about our thoughts on it. Yeah, that is just. So it reminds me of when I first found out about the gray goo hypothesis of uh nanobot technology the gray goo yeah the gray goo hypothesis like of Craig nanobot technology the so the idea so the idea is that you've got uh, these uh tiny tiny robots that can make other tiny tiny robots and since they have to use material right. around them to do that that if you made these things, that they would just turn everything on Earth into other little tiny robots and there'd be no real way of stopping them. The gray goo hypothesis. Right. Well, that's actually how uh, microprocessors, microchips, uh, became as small as they are today. Because they just took some, you know, somebody built the first microprocessor that was just something short of a macro processor, right? Right. And they're like, oh, it's a micro one. And then they used a bunch of those together to make even smaller ones. And then they used a bunch of those smaller ones together to make even smaller ones. And that's how microchips, you know, kept reducing in size right. uh, and building in capacity because they just used the ones they had to make smaller ones. And when you make smaller ones, you can make them out of uh, less material, so you can charge less. Right. It reminds me how, like, the... And also, because the uh, the electricity travels at the speed of light, and although it's covering very short distances, if if you cut the distance it has to travel in half, it can travel that distance in half the time. And thus you get twice the processing power out of it. Right. Exactly. It reminds me of how the uh, the micro SD cards sort of just grew ginormous in capacity. Uh, you know, not even a gig, right? To like one gig micro SD card was like, oh man, I got a gig, right? You know? <laughs> wow. Oh, you I know? remember the first time. It's like a yeah. gigabyte. Now, like micro SD what cards. What would you ever use that? Micro on? SD cards are like multiple terabytes. 
on the same little tiny fucking thing, man. And I know, you're like, right? Jesus fucking Christ, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. I remember when I, uh, um, back in the day, I was on a BBS system called Lunar Net, and they got the their first drive that would hold a whole gigabyte. <laughs> and we couldn't imagine what they'd use all that space for. Yeah, I got to yeah, say, no. the thing that really bugs me about the way that they keep technology moving, like, there reaches a point where you don't need to improve it, and they seem to keep wanting to do even more. And, like, no matter how good our technology gets, we always fill up all of the space. Like, yeah. no matter well, how big doesn't... your hard drive is, they'll just change the technology so that it requires more hard drive space. Right. Like, I, I agree and I nuts. disagree because the thing is um, software solves problems today that it could not have solved back in the day. Um, and if you update, you know, if our soft, if our hardware was 10 times faster and had 10 times more capacity, again, we would start solving different and more difficult problems with it. So what kind of so, what kind of problems is the new technology solving that? So like uh, so like apparently video files, curing for malaria for one <laughs> uh, with fucking mosquitoes. But somehow. no, I mean like uh, uh, video files, like you know, internet video files. Yeah, uh, like we've gotten an unbelievable increase in our ability to move information across, right. and yet somehow. We are always capable of having lags on our internet videos. <laughs> How yeah, the hell is we that possible? Much higher resolution. Now, of course, there well, why does... the hell are we doing that? Um, because we want an increase. Well, quality. sometimes you don't need to, but and and there does come a time when you get um, uh, when you get a uh, what's what's the word I'm I'm looking for decreasing return mm. because your eye only has so much resolution. Right. My point and exactly. If, but but the, uh, it's the result of competition because there's many different video services providing many different you know niche market of their version of video services. And so they have to all compete with each other. Otherwise, they're irrelevant, right? Somebody's going to sign a contract with the other. So it's, it's a bit of a you know, a, a race, if you will, to continue to out-invent the competition, to continue to innovate, right? Mm. That's what innovation is. It's just, and why businesses always talk about, we got to continue to innovate. Innovation gives you the competitive edge. If your product does a little higher resolution than the other guy, and it's noticeable, right? Like, people can tell, then well, I wonder, you have no, the competitive I, No, I edge. wonder about that part, honestly. Like, is this something that exists just because... Oh well, 1080 is higher than 846 or whatever it is. Like because they literally see a higher number, they buy the thing. No, it's I a honestly wonder if thing. it's that. It's because... a discernible thing. Like I remember going from you know just the regular the plasma flat screen TV to the 1080, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is way better. To the LED, mm. even right, I'm like, yeah, this is way better. And then I don't even own a 4K, but like I saw the 4K after that, I'm like, why does this look so like it's you know been filmed differently? Because it was <laughs> that discernible to me. I was like, wow, mm. that's amazing. 
So, like, I could discern the difference. Now, I'm also old. I, As a kid, I watched a shitty black-and-white TV with a busted antenna that I had to, like, duct tape some tinfoil to and, a, you know, some, some wiring and stuff. So, like... You know, that's shitty TV, right? That over the air, you know, sometimes uh, the weather gets bad and you get a little extra static in the screen or that kind of a thing. So, like, to me, like, everything is amazing right now because <laughs> I grew up with that, right? So people are like, oh, man, you haven't upgraded your TV? It's like, well, no, because it's still amazing to me because I remember the <laughs> shitty black and white TV. Yeah, That might be exactly my problem. Remember your and, roots, like man. to me, and it's the still a, is, the, no, no, the is picture quality is fine. Just make one that doesn't stop on me. What's that, nobody? Um, your eye is also analog, so that I don't know how much difference that makes. Okay, where's that? Um, so base, yeah, I, I don't. That is that is interesting, and it may somewhat uh, contradict. Um, what I said earlier, because sometimes, uh, sometimes I do. There's <laughs> a fun fact about the eye. You've been taking lessons from the major, nobody? <laughs> <laughs> so here's a fun fact about the eye. So, uh, it, it, have you ever heard of the, the two slit experiment? The what? Okay. So the two slit experiment. Are these, are these like. The twins? <laughs> Those hot chicks? No. Oh, that's the twin slut experiment. Sorry. That, ah, yeah, that's, that's the difference. My bad. Watch your spelling with this. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So uh, the, 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 the two slit experiment, uh, they have uh, these two openings, and they uh, fire a beam of light and record it on the other side, right? And You're what, talking about... Uh, uh, firing electrons. You're talking about quantum mechanics. Um, it started out with light. Uh, then they did it with electrons, and it turns out you can even uh, uh, you can even do th this thing with uh, what they call buckyballs, which, like, if you imagine uh, a soccer ball. <laughs> I know buckyballs. Uh, they're Bucks, Buckminster in, Fullerene. In 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 Wisconsin, uh, the mascot for one of the colleges, his name is Bucky Badger. Mm. So now you're talking about Bucky Badger's balls. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, maybe they, not an object that large. Yeah. Then again, have you ever they seen a visible. Have you ever seen a badger's balls? I don't think I have. Mm. I've seen some badgers, but they're usually running away. They are fierce creatures, though, man. Badgers, you don't want to get into a fight with no. one of them fucks, man. Holy fuck. Sorry. Honey badger, Especially don't a honey give a badger. fuck. Any badger, don't give a fuck. Badgers will, they will badger you. There's a reason they're called badgers, right? Do you know about the honey they badger? They do. Though? They badger you. What? Do you know about the honey badger, though? The honey badger? Yeah, the honey badger. There, there's only one? It, it's a particular species, uh, and it is unbelievably terrifying. So, uh, for one thing... To, they... for me to play a video? I want to play the honey badger video now. Mm, there is, just not on the show. Wah, wah. Oh, okay. I mean, you can play a video right there on your computer, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, I know that I could uh, I could also capture my screen and send send the video to you, but I don't know if if you would be able to then play it over the air. Actually, it would make more sense to play the video on the computer at the uh, at the studio, I guess. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the honey badger. I highly recommend 
so the, uh, doing a search on YouTube for honey badgers because there's a great video. Yeah, so w- one of their primary diets is snake, especially the like highly poisonous ones. Honey, honey badger eats snake. Yeah. Uh, so honey badgers are immune to small arms fire, so that's fun. <laughs> Seriously, like, like the tortoise, or what does that you can mean just... to be immune to small arms fire? Okay, I don't... so you can take a nine millimeter pistol and shoot a a honey badger, and you will just piss it off. Do bullets bounce off? Nothing <sighs> is immune to having holes in it. No, it's they they their skin is designed in such a way that that will not be a strong enough impact to pierce their skin. And they have a whole wow. bunch of extra skin, so in case something like bites them, they can swing around and eat its eyes. Uh, eat, eat its eyes? Yes. I, That's gotta hurt. Yeah. Like, oh man. Don't like, fuck with a bu- honey badger. I don't. I don't mm. even know, man. That sounds horrifying. Like, I. It is. Yeah. It is. So. Here, here's a fun fact. A cheetah's young is disguised as a honey badger so that no one will eat them until they're big enough to go hunting. That is how terrifying honey badgers are. Cheetahs <clears throat> disguise their young as honey badgers. Are honey wow. badgers anarchists? No, because they definitely violate the non-aggression principle. Uh, no, not necessarily. You don't think so? I mean... Well, animals aren't uh, agents. But that being said, uh, would snakes be agents too in this idea? Mm, I don't know. Oh. I do not know. Yeah, I mean, the problem is... They definitely order... steal from uh, from bees. That's why mm. they got their name. In order to define the, the nap, one of the things you have to define is the set of creatures it applies to and if you apply it to all living things then it's suicide because you can't eat anything that isn't living right okay wait or wasn't living yeah right okay right because if you eat like a thing of lettuce right like it was living but then you picked it and so now it's i guess dying it's still kind of alive when you eat it you know what a honeymoon salad is Mm. <laughs> when you eat your wife's ass? <laughs> no, it's lettuce alone. <laughs> lettuce alone. I thought that was like a euphemism for like a, you know, a, a thing, uh, you know, these no, popular no. things. That it was the a kids good do. guess, I thought. <laughs> popular things that the kids do, you know. Show me eating your wife's ass. <laughs> Survey <laughs> says. A number seven answer. <laughs> <laughs> the proverbial your mom. Hmm. <laughs> I make so wow. many your mom jokes, man. It's <sighs> it's I both a curse and a blessing because I have gotten more humor out of like, and here comes your mom, or that just like your mom, or whatever. So one of the oldest recorded jokes in human history is a your mom joke. What is it? I forget. But Dude, they go back. Like, you can't be like one of the oldest jokes, in, and then be like, "I don't know what it is, though." I forgot, man. It's, it's really old. <laughs> don't you it was have a, long a magic time rectangle? Ago. What the fuck? 
What, I got to remember every single joke? Fuck off. No, you don't. But no, we have had your mom jokes since as long as we've had Riley. <laughs> since, since well, the original your mom. <laughs> I don't mean your mom specifically. I mean the original your mom. When you tell your mom so jokes, Eve, sometimes then. you have to specify. You have to be very specific. Because some people will get upset. if you, I don't mean your mom. If you tell a joke and you're like, just like your mom, they'll be like, you motherfucker. I'll often hit you or whatever. It's true. Because, you know, not everybody uh, believes in and follows the non-aggression principle, yeah, right? You true. insult somebody's mom, fist is coming your way, uh, whether you want it or not. Now, they definitely have violated the nap at that point, but... You know, humor is a fantastic test of civilization. Isn't it weird, though, that you can, like, verbalize somebody into violence? Yeah. Yeah, that is... Uh, it is a really strange thing that... In a lot of cases, if you say just the right thing, you can cause someone to go temporarily insane. Yeah. Hmm. That's really wild. Yeah. And that has to be a, a defense mechanism, right? As far as humans are concerned, that has to be a defense mechanism. It has yeah. to be a survival thing that that somebody can annoy you so much that you're 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 willing to get violent on them because of what they're you know the the sounds coming out of their mouth right imagine like before language cave people right and there was some you know one cave person just you know the the other cave person and said the wrong thing and like bam you know well and that's the thing where insulting someone means hey i'm higher on the totem pole than you i have bigger status than you if you let someone get away with insulting you you agree that they have higher status than you so, if, on the other hand, you punch them in the face, they stop insulting you and you don't lose status. Yeah, but that's not the right way to go about uh, saying that I, I, you know, no, I do not believe that you're a higher status no, than I, me. I agree. You, we should be, we should evolve from that. Yeah. We, we should be a little, a little words, better than cavemen. Right? Like, I mean, it's such a cliche, right? You hear moms tell it to the kids, like, in the grocery store all the time. Use your words, little Timmy, or whatever, right? Did yeah. you know our face is designed to take a punch directly from the front? <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. so common in our ancestry to just get punched directly in the face <laughs> that our skulls redesigned themselves for the purpose. I just see a new cartoon, right, with somebody just, you know, the same types of people just repeatedly getting punched in the face. The whole cartoon, that's the entire premise. Like Terrence and Philip in South Park, where I was farting, right? It'd be like these guys just keep punching each other. All I'm thinking about now face. is these like hand puppets that have little clubs that hit each other on the head with the big noses and the. I don't know. Far out, man. <laughs> and now, and now I'm thinking of a of a hand puppet of a nun with boxing gloves. So, uh, I used to know this band, and they had a song. I, I'm probably going to butcher the name of it, but it was like two nuns in a chainsaw fight. And I was like, you know, I don't even care to hear the song. That's a great song title. <laughs> and then, like, the song was pretty good too after I heard it. But I was like, I, I, I wanted you to had listen, me at the title. I wanted to listen to that song based on the name alone. I'm like, yeah. that, like, you can't, like, come on, two nuns it, in a chainsaw fight. It does instill a certain amount of curiosity. There's certain things you, you know, people create things with words. Like <laughs> words are words are art. They're communication, but they're yeah. also art. Yeah. And well, it's why language arts is a thing. Yeah, and it's it's a very strange thing because they do bridge that sort of gap between something that is linear and something that isn't linear. Because 
you obviously have to make your sounds in a particular order. Like, you can't effectively say two words at once and someone hear it. It doesn't work. Yeah. But there's also a thing in language where a later part of a sentence can completely change an earlier part of the sentence. So it has a nonlinear quality to it. Right. So it's a very strange thing. It bridges that gap. Yeah. It, it, it's both an art and uh, a way of delivering data. Yeah. Right. Disseminating it to as many people as possible. Right. Or, mm-hmm. or, and it gives us, I guess, an advantage over other species. Oh God. Yeah. You know, like, I would say the primary advantage that we have over other species. And and I want to say, too, like we talked a bit about like, yes, a person, you know, can potentially annoy somebody into violence. Right. But the opposite of that is also true. You can use your words to uplift people, yeah. you know, to to express love and compassion and friendship and caring. And like there are times when I've just been out in the world and you know, just randomly said something and they're like, Hey, that made my day. Right. And when you do that, you're like, you feel good about yourself when you spread the kindness, right. You know, and, and they feel good about themselves too. So yeah, words can be damaging to a a person, uh, more damaging if their, uh, their intention is not good and more damaging if it's coming from somebody that they're supposed to respect or they depend on like a child, depending on parents, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Uh, so, but the opposite is also true. Uh, language can spread all of the goodness that, that humankind have, and it does frequently. And what's more is that the more you decide that you spread the kindness, the more kindness you get in return. It's like a, it always, it's, there's no yeah. law of diminishing returns. It's yeah. always return on investment. Yeah, it's, every a com- time. it's a completely involuntary reaction. When someone gives an emotion to you you feel that emotion and you give it back and it's completely involuntary you can like you can and it's free you You can can give kindness it's free to give kindness you just be kind to people don't cost you anything you can suppress it but like the the reaction happens to some extent or another every time like there's always this ripple effect of every emotion that we that we express yeah yeah, and and God, language is truly magical. That like is a, it, it. It does that, and also, you can have that response from someone who died four hundred years ago. They too could could say a kind word that gets spread through who knows how many people. Yeah, there is this sort of under un, unwritten or not often spoken about. Um, I don't want to call it a, it's a human social currency, right? We're talking about currencies, right? Yeah. There's this uh, social currency of, of, you know, Hey, that guy, that guy's kind, that guy's generous, right. Or has the respect of his community, that kind of a thing, right. That exists. And if you happen to earn those tokens within your own community, why, you know, you're doing pretty good. Right. Uh, and like, I don't think it's talked about enough that that is, currency that yeah you you could spend it before you actually have any <laughs> and when you do spend it you get more yeah it's weird people forget about that i was telling somebody this the other day i like to do uh the opposite of what i call the negative spiral hmm. the negative spiral is like man this bad fucking thing happened to me what else is going to go wrong 
Mm. And then he goes throughout his day, and then inevitably, because he's thinking, what else is going to go wrong? Fearing something's gonna, something else goes wrong. So I try to do the opposite of that. When something goes right, when I get a win. The positive spiral. Yeah, I, the opposite of that. I When I get a small win even, right? Like, you know, oh, I found five bucks on the ground and nobody was around. Okay, you know, what else can go right? Amen. No, it's a really good and practice. it works sometimes, man. Well, yeah, sometimes I mean, you get to ride that wave up instead of riding that wave down. I mean, there, there's a reason that our, our brains or our minds are compared to computers. And it's not a one-to-one, but there is definitely a certain amount of garbage in, garbage out, right? Where, like, if you habituate your perception to what is good, then you will see more good things. I mean, it, 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 senses are trained, and you will train your senses one way or another. And if you train your senses to what can go right, then when there's an opportunity of something that could go right, you won't miss it. Hmm. Nobody's ready to tokenize kindness. <laughs> He's building an app uh. right now. <laughs> oh, building a nap. Oh, not <laughs> building an app. My bad. So here's... So here's a, a a question about the nap. Okay. So it seems to me that like, okay, if I blind you, I've definitely uh, harmed you. Um, on purpose, yes. Right. If I blind you on purpose, I have definitely harmed you. Yes. So it seems to me that the most articulated version of that would include lying. Like, if I knowingly give you information that is wrong, mm -hmm. I have falsified your senses of the world. I have made you blind to a truth in reality intentionally. Okay. Now, I realize that this is, you know, it's like a microaggression, right? Like, it's a really small articulated version of this. But, like, that idea carried to a furthest extent seems to me to say that even lying is some amount of aggression. Nobody? Ah, is lying, nobody knows. Is lying an aggression? <laughs> is it a lying? Is that um, a violation of the nap? I mean, it can be. Fraud is. Right. Mm. right. So if it leads to my gain, it definitely is a violation of the nap. But Actually, if it leads to my loss. Ah. Ah. Interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting difference or differentiation yeah mm. i mean if you write books you lie and get paid for it right. fictional books right yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're but you're not violating the nap well if you because you if are you're lying putting, for your own gain well if but you're not putting somebody out, else's loss if you're putting out a book right. of fiction as if it were a book of fact that would also be fraud in my opinion well like uh dianetics uh, <laughs> if you knew it then yes <laughs> yeah what's the uh what's this the, the scientology book yeah, Dianetics, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is Dianetics. The interesting Hubbard. thing is actually there there's there's a connection between my church and or our church and the uh and the uh uh the Church of Scientology, which oh, is that um well Scientology was started by a science fiction author. I can't L. Ron uh, Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, he was friends with the first prophet of of the Church of the Invisible Hand, who was oh, uh, Heinlein? Robert Heinlein, and he made a bet 
with Robert Heinlein, it's oh so Heinlein's who he made the bet with. That as to uh, where he said that he could he could make up a religion and make people believe it. <laughs> And that was supposedly the origin of Scientology. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. Well, with that, uh, we're about out of time. Nobody, thank you for being here. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk to you next week, man. Uh, Peakless, thank you. And uh, I'm going to take folks out with a, a little heavy metal song that I like, uh, if I can, if I figure out how to operate this board properly and press and click buttons dance fingers dance have a good night everybody 